and welcome to the December 12, uh, 2022 meeting of the Arlington County Planning Commission. I am Commission Chair Daniel Weir. Uh, tonight, the Commission will hear staff presentations and public comment on the request to advertise uh, public hearings by the Planning Commission and County Board on the missing middle housing study, um, um, general land use plan and zoning ordinance amendments, uh, which is an item to be heard by the County Board no earlier than January 2023. The Commission's discussion and deliberation on this item will take place on Thursday, December 15. Um, I want to start by making sure that we're all on the same page about an important thing which is that the Commission is hearing this item uh, tonight and on Thursday for the purpose of the specific purpose of giving feedback to the County Board about what is and is not within the realm of consideration at hearings uh, that would be conducted in the spring. As members of the Commission are fond of reminding each other, uh, we aren't here tonight to solve the problem. That is the County Board's job. We are here tonight to give the Board uh, advice and guidance on how to tee up the issues and their conversation. So some opening logistical remarks. Uh, tonight's meeting is available as a broadcast with closed caption on Comcast Xfinity channels 20, uh, excuse me, 25 and 1085, uh, Verizon Files channels 39 and 40, and the county website. Audio of tonight's meeting is available via phone. If commissioners, presenters, or speakers lose internet connectivity during tonight's meeting, please reconnect with us by phone using the number provided in the Teams invite sent to registered speakers. I would ask that speakers joining us through Microsoft Teams, please keep your phones and devices muted with video off until you are called upon. Uh, please turn off sound to any other devices around you to minimize interference and please keep, again, your camera computers off until the clerk calls on you to speak. Um, when called upon to speak, you must unmute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon that is located on your meeting command bar. Uh, the moderator does not have the ability to unmute you. Once you have spoken, please turn off your camera. If you're dialing in by phone, press star six to unmute. Public speakers will be called upon by the clerk at the assigned time. Pre-registration is required at tonight's, uh, uh, to speak at tonight's hearing, uh, and we are not able to accommodate additional speakers. The meeting chat is active for presenters and commissioners who need technical assistance only. Please do not use the meeting chat for discussion, for public comment, questions about agenda items, or requests for more information. Substantive comments left in the chat will not be circulated to the commission and will not be made part of the public record. All public comment must be shared verbally for the record during the assigned public testimony period. And please remember that this is a public forum. Uh, tonight's meeting will be recorded and posted on the county website and all information associated with tonight's meeting, whether written um, or spoken, is subject to the Virginia Freedom of Inform Information Act requirements. I will uh, have some additional logistical items to go over when we get to the public portion comment of tonight's meeting. Uh, the other item that is uh, logistical and organizational uh, that I need to go over is that we have a few colleagues who are um, joining us tonight um, um, uh, uh, virtually. Uh, um, remotely um, uh, per the, this commission's policies and per the um, uh, authorizations under the state under the, the state code of Virginia. Um, we will be joined uh, uh, remotely by Commissioner Jim Schroll um, uh, uh, and by um, uh, and by Commissioner Sarah Stenberger, both for um, uh, personal reasons, the, per the nature of which will be recorded in this commission's minutes. We will also be joined um, uh, at about 8.30 in person by Commissioner Stephen Hughes. That's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. That is um, all aboard who are going aboard. That said, Madam Clerk, would you please call tonight's first item? The first item is a request to advertise public hearings by the Planning Commission and County Board on the missing middle housing study, general land use plan, and zoning ordinance amendments. Item to be heard by the County Board 
as a request to advertise no earlier than January 2023. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I believe that the first item then uh, will go to Mr. Ladd, um, uh, and I'll defer to you if there are other people that need to be spoken, that need to, that, from staff that need to speak. All right, thank you, Mr. Chair, and good evening. Uh, my name is Matt Ladd with the County's Planning Division. I'll be presenting an overview of the missing middle housing study and the draft general land use plan and zoning ordinance amendments that are the subject of tonight's request to advertise. The missing middle housing study started in 2020 with the goals of increasing the, the county's housing supply and allowing a wider range of housing options. The study began with a research phase to provide baseline data and an understanding of the challenges in Arlington's housing market and the history of restrictive land use in the county. Phase one included a full year of public engagement focused on identifying the community's priorities and concerns about expanding housing choice. Phase two was a focused analysis of different housing types and how they could fit into Arlington's context. This analysis informed a draft framework that sought to address the community priorities and concerns from phase one. We are now in phase three of the study, which included county board engagement and a review of draft amendments to the GLUP and zoning ordinance. During the year-long community engagement during phase one, we identified the key priorities and concerns from the community, shown here on the slide. The top priority from that engagement effort was to reduce housing costs and we also heard many concerns about the impacts of growth and neighborhood change, which were documented in the phase one report. Staff released a draft policy framework for community review and input in the spring of this year. This draft was a preliminary approach for expanding housing choice that sought to address and balance the phase one priorities and concerns shown on the previous slide. It presented the public with specific policy choices and trade-offs intended to facilitate feedback. Following over two months of public engagement in phase two, the county board held a work session and provided staff with guidance for moving into phase three. During that county board work session last July, the board directed staff to draft zoning ordinance amendments that would allow for expanded housing options in areas that are currently limited to single detached development. Most of the current standards for single detached housing would be replicated in the standards for missing middle housing types. This guidance is reflected in the draft zoning ordinance amendment that I will cover later in the presentation. During phase three, which is our current phase, the county board held 20 community conversations in September and October of this year. Based on feedback from those conversations, the board provided additional guidance for the draft zoning ordinance amendment, resulting in a number of options that address community concerns about the number of units allowed on a site, minimum site area and parking requirements, opportunities to support tree retention or planting, and the overall pace of change. Over the last two months, the Planning Commission's long-range planning and zoning committees met four times to review and discuss different policy approaches and options and to review the draft GLUP and zoning ordinance language. Next, I'll share a couple of slides orienting you to the purpose of tonight's meeting, which the chair has already covered, uh, which is to consider a request to advertise GLUP and zoning ordinance amendments. A request to advertise, or RTA, is a procedural step that takes place prior to county board action on any amendment to the comprehensive plan, including individual elements such as the GLUP or the zoning ordinance. 
When the county board acts on an RTA, it is not adopting a plan or ordinance. It is only deciding whether to advertise public hearings. Notably, the board's actions to authorize advertisement also sets the scope of what could be adopted. The draft zoning text currently included in the staff report contains a number of different options, reflecting a range of implementation approaches. In cases where the draft indicates multiple options, the board could advertise all options. However, the intent is that only one option would ultimately be adopted by the board. So for the Planning Commission's deliberations on this RTA, discussion of whether option A is preferable to option B, for example, is less critical than considering whether A and B accurately capture the, the appropriate range of options for the County Board's consideration. As is noted in the staff report, the draft GLUP and zoning ordinance amendments presented to LRPC and ZOCA last month have not been revised in the staff report for this meeting. Following the Planning Commission's recommendations on the RTA, staff will prepare updated amendments for the County Board RTA anticipated to take place next month. Arlington's general land use plan, also known as the GLUP, consists of a map and a booklet that describe the land use vision for the county as a whole and for distinct planning areas. The draft GLUP amendment for expanded housing options would add a new subsection to the special planning areas section of the booklet. This new section describes the overall policy goals and objectives for enabling new housing options in areas currently limited to single detached housing. The draft also acknowledges that land use policies that restrict housing options, which were adopted many decades ago, have resulted in inequities in housing opportunities. The draft GLUP amendment would encourage a wider range of housing choices that are compatible in scale and density with the existing pattern of development. The draft amendment to the GLUP booklet sets forth three goals for these lower density residential areas, economic sustainability, environmental sustainability, and neighborhood vibrancy. On the GLUP map, the areas proposed for expanded housing options are generally located in the light yellow areas on the map, which are designated low residential. The GLUP designates these areas for a typical density range of one to 10 housing units per acre. The current draft GLUP amendment does not include any changes to the GLUP map. However, the low residential density was a topic of discussion during the LRPC meetings and staff is considering how best to address this feedback as we update the RTA draft. During the LRPC meetings, the committee discussed how land use policies to expand housing options in Arlington's low residential areas comport with the GLUP's goals and goals for other comprehensive plan elements. As noted on the previous slide, there was also discussion of the GLUP, maps the GLUP maps legend and typical density ranges for the low residential designation. Moving on to the draft zoning ordinance amendment, I'll be covering some of the key elements. A more detailed discussion of the draft text and options can be found in the staff report. Starting with the zoning mechanism or implementation tool, the draft establishes a new optional by right development path called Expanded Housing Option Development, or EHO. This development option would apply in all R5 to R20 zones with two exceptions. The first is a limited number of properties that coincide with three planning areas designated on the GLUP. These areas may already have recommendations for redevelopment through another zoning tool. The second exception is sites larger than one acre. The draft includes two options for these larger properties. Option 3A would require a use permit for multi-building development on larger sites. 
Option 3B would prohibit EHO development on these sites entirely. The uses allowed would be two-family dwellings, townhouses with three units, or multifamily buildings, with options in the draft zoning text to limit the number of multifamily units to a maximum of six or eight. Consistent with the County Board's guidance, the draft zoning text includes two options for setting a minimum site area. Option 2A would maintain the current site area standards for each zoning district, and Option 2B would set greater site area requirements for development with five or more units. This slide shows the proposed minimum site areas for both options, and the map indicates the range of units that would be allowed on eligible sites throughout the county under option 2B. That option would limit the light yellow areas on this map to two to four units, with the darker blue colors indicating lots larger than 9,000 square feet where more units would be allowed is indicated on the table. The gross floor area maximums from the phase two framework are also included in the draft zoning text. These floor area standards were discussed during the ZOCO meetings and I expect this is another area that will be addressed as we update the RTA draft. ZOCO also discussed two options for lot coverage concerning how rear detached garages are regulated. Based on the county board's guidance, the draft zoning text varies minimum parking requirements based on site-specific factors. Sites that are within a specified distance of certain transit networks would have a minimum requirement of 0.5 spaces per unit, while other sites would have a one space per unit minimum requirement. Sites that are not transit proximate could reduce their parking requirement if, on -street par if an on-street parking survey indicates that the block is less than 65% parked. This is a map of the transit proximate areas indicated on the previous slide for the purpose of setting parking ratios. The dark blue areas are within three quarters of a mile of Metro Rail, and the bluish green areas are either within a half mile of the MTP's premium transit network or within a quarter mile of a stop on the primary transit network. The draft zoning text includes a number of site layout and design standards that are intended to address community concerns about compatibility with existing development patterns. These standards include limits on where parking spaces can be located on a site, limits on the width of a street facing garage wall, requirements for the orientation and location of building entrances, screening, and a requirement to plant or retain one shade tree per housing unit. During the LRPC and ZOCO meetings, the committees also discussed potential annual limits or caps on EHO permits. The staff report indicates a potential approach for considering a countywide cap of 42 permits per year, which reflects anticipated new construction and also accounts for the possibility of conversions of existing buildings to add housing units. The draft zoning text also includes an option not to set a cap. The draft zoning text would not allow EHO development to request modification of placement standards through a BZA use permit. And finally, the draft goes into some detail on nonconformities. Nonconformities refer to lots or buildings that were legal at the time they were built or created, but no longer conform to zoning standards. In general, the draft text would regulate EHO development on nonconforming lots and in nonconforming buildings the same as it currently regulates one-family dwellings. Some of the main ZOCO discussion topics are shown on this slide. 
Staff anticipates that the commission may discuss options for these topics as it deliberates on the RTA on Thursday night. As noted earlier, updates to the RTA draft zoning ordinance amendment will consider any commission recommendations. The staff reports in includes as attachment C, a draft racial and socioeconomic analysis that compares the expected outcomes of expanded housing options with the status quo development pattern in Arlington's R5 to R20 zones. I will, I will highlight some of the key findings of this analysis on the next few slides. Arlington has a lower proportion of people of color and a greater proportion of high income households than the Washington metro area as a whole. Within Arlington's R5 to R20 zones, 28% of residents are people of color compared to 48% of residents in zoning districts that currently allow more housing options. 15% of housing in R5 to R20 zones is rental, compared to 60% countywide. In considering the expanded housing options through an equity lens, we consider the county's five questions, starting with who could benefit. Allowing EHO development in R5 to R20 zones would provide housing options that could be attainable to households generally earning $100,000 or more per year. Under the status quo, only houses earning approximately $200,000 or more have sufficient incomes to purchase existing homes. Staff looked at 26 census tracts within the county that have more than 20% of their housing located within R5 to R20 zones. The racial and socioeconomic analysis maps four of these 26 tracts that have a higher proportion of people of color than the county average. EHO policies may allow more households of color to remain or move into these tracts compared to the status quo. When thinking about potential burdens of expanded housing options, as under the status quo, households renting single detached homes would need to relocate if a property owner chooses to redevelop that property. Two of the four identified census tracts that I referenced on the previous slide with a higher proportion of people of color have a higher percentage of renters than the R5 to R20 average of 15% rental housing. Renters could experience greater impacts if their, if their housing is redeveloped. Continued housing cost ex escalation within the county may also be a burden as it is under the status quo. When considering who is missing from policies that would expand housing options, under both the status quo and with EHO development, households earning less than $100,000 per year generally cannot attain housing in R5 to R20 zones. The lack of attainable housing options in these areas disproportionately impacts people of color seeking to move or stay in Arlington, given lower average household incomes for these populations. So what do we do? Allowing EHO development in R5 to R20 zones would benefit greater percentages of all racial groups than the status quo. Many, many county housing programs are in place to assist lower income households, and these are detailed in the equity analysis. Other studies and planning efforts are currently underway to support county goals for housing, including a home ownership study. Staff's recommendation is to adopt the attached resolution to the staff report authorizing advertisement of public hearings by the Planning Commission and County Board to consider uh, amendments to the general land use plan and amendments to the Arlington County Zoning Ordinance associated with the missing middle housing study. 
And finally, for next steps, as we discussed earlier, uh, this is a request to advertise, so that will set the scope of what can be considered for adoption. We will hold the Planning Commission's public hearing tonight. The uh, carryover meeting for the Planning Commission will be on Thursday. And after Thursday, staff will update the draft amendments, as I discussed, uh, between the Planning Commission RTA and the County Board's consideration of an RTA, uh, which is anticipated next month in January. And then beyond that, if the County Board does authorize advertisement, they will set a date for those hearings, which is anticipated uh, two months following County Board authorization to advertise, and the Planning Commission and County Board would hold another round of public hearings. And that concludes my presentation, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Mr. Ladd. Does that conclude that concludes the entirety of the staff presentation? Yes. Thank you. Um, so some additional organizational and logistical items for public comment. Uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, tonight is for staff presentation and for public comment, and uh, the commission will reconvene on Thursday for, as, as, as uh, you've heard from Mr. Ladd as well, uh, for deliberation, discussion, and motion. Um, Thursday's meeting will also be open to the public and available for viewing online, but there will not be an opportunity for public comment on Thursday. So uh, now, there are obviously a lot of people here tonight. Um, I am asking for your help to make sure that your neighbors uh, who have signed up um, have an opportunity to be heard uh, and heard in a timely manner. Um, so a couple of pointers that are often given when a large number of people uh, sign up. Usually uh, when the board is at this dais, uh, this is a first for us um, uh, on this commission. Uh, you do not need to take your whole time. If someone has, uh, has said something that you planned to say, please remember that we have, you have, we have, all of us have a lot of neighbors <laughs> here who have signed up to speak after you um, and you can help them get back to their homes, their lives, their families, or just their beds a little bit earlier uh, by taking the opportunity to simply align yourself with someone else's comments. We also suggest that if someone is sharing a comment with which you agree, even if you've already spoken, um, that you stand or wave or otherwise visibly lend your support. Uh, but applause or other verbal feedback between speakers will slow the process down and keep your neighbors here later in the evening. I'm almost done, sorry, lots of notes. Uh, you'll also probably see us stand up and walk around from time to time uh, or go to the back to use the restroom. If one of us is in the back, we can still hear you. Your comments are played over the speaker system uh, in the offices and hallways and restrooms behind us. Uh, for anyone who submitted a presentation before the beginning of the meeting, we will do our best to accommodate it, but, if we are no, but we're no longer able to accept presentations for public comment tonight. If you have a presentation that you still wish to submit or if we run into technical difficulties uh, during your allotted time, your presentation can and will be circulated to the members of the commission. And if you have materials uh, that you still wish to submit, please send them to the clerk who will circulate them to the commission. Um, the clerk will call people to speak in the order in which they signed up with two caveats. Speakers representing organizations will speak following individual speakers and we will alternate between sets of five virtual speakers and five in-person speakers. The clerk will display a speaker timer on screen and at the pulpit and will announce when the speaker's time has expired. Um, if you're dialing in by phone and unable to see the screen, we'll provide an audible warning when 30 seconds are remaining. You'll also uh, receive an audible warning if you are speaking virtually or in person and you will be muted uh, when the, the, the clerk will advise you when your time has expired and you will be muted at that time as well. Um, if you are called upon to speak and you are not here, this happens, uh, or you have gone offline, or your phone is on mute for too long, 
We will come back to everyone that we miss at the end of that section, uh, but we will only call people back once. Um, again, at the end of uh, the, the, the section. And we have a lot of people who are here to be heard tonight, and we will hear you tonight. And we will not be asking anyone who is here tonight to come back at a later evening. So to make sure that people can get home before the trains stop running and the buses stop running, before ride shares get scarce, and before the babysitter has to leave, uh, speaker times are going to be limited to two minutes per individual uh, speaker and four minutes per organizational speaker. That said, Madam Clerk, will you please call the first speaker? Our first five virtual speakers are Charles Pill, Barbara Taylor, Howard Salodki, Audrey Clement, and Eric Malpali. And I am just going to apologize in advance if I pronounce anyone's name wrong. Feel free to correct me when it's your turn to speak. So up first, Charles Pill, if you wanted to unmute your mic, if you're with us virtually, um, your time will start now. And um, you're okay. Mr. Pill. All right. So I think Mr. Pill is the first on our list of people to come back to. Will you please call the next speaker? Barbara Taylor is next. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, but 4% of the DC metro area's population lives in Arlington on less than one half of 1% of the area's land. We are already a densely populated county. The county has more than 70,000 one to two bedroom rentals and hundreds of more are in the pipeline. The county admits that 80% of missing middle units will be rentals and 90% will have one or two bedrooms. What's the justification for upzoning the entire county when what we'll get will be more of what we already have at a time when we're actually exceeding our goals for new housing? I don't blame rental renters for thinking missing middle will allow them to buy a three bedroom duplex in a single family neighborhood, which they will able to only if they can pay more than one and a half million dollars. They have nothing to lose by believing that missing middle means affordable. But those of us who have followed this issue closely and will be irreparably harmed by it know otherwise and have everything to lose. If you insist on across the board upzoning, there are three policy options that would soften the blow. First, cap the number of units that can be built in any given year. Second, disperse the units around the county and don't jam them into areas that are already overwhelmed with missing middle housing. And three, limit the size and numbers of units that can be built on smaller lots. If you insist on pursuing this deeply flawed proposal, at least do these three things. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Howard Salodki. Good evening, my name is indeed Howard Salatke. I am the president of the Old Glebe Civic Association. I have participated with a group of 15 other civic association presidents, including Barbara, in regular meetings with each of the county board members regarding missing middle over the past six months. While I support certain aspects of the missing middle housing proposal as embodied in the draft text amendment released at the end of October, I want to speak this evening about the inadvisability of five to eight unit apartment buildings as part of that proposal. 
In particular, the minor benefit of including such apartment buildings in the proposal is far outweighed by the costs and disadvantages of such inclusion. As you know, the Missing Middle Housing Draft Framework released by county staff on April 28th reveals that such 5D8 unit buildings realistically can provide only one and two bedroom dwelling units. Moreover, for a variety of reasons, including federal tax laws, virtually all stakeholders in the missing middle housing discussion now concede that such one and two bedroom units will be rental apartment units. But the county already has a supply of over 70,000 one and two bedroom apartment units scattered around the county. One and two bedroom units are not what is missing. Moreover, the draft framework points out that the vast majority of African-American and Hispanic families cannot afford even the least expensive of these one and two bedroom units. Second, the county's research compendium on missing middle states that one of the principal goals of the initiative is to create an additional supply of three or more bedroom units affordable to middle income families. Obviously, five to eight unit buildings don't provide three bedroom dwelling units and do not provide home ownership opportunities for families to help them create wealth. Moreover, allowing five to eight unit apartment buildings potentially involves a lost opportunity cost namely the development of two to four unit buildings with three bedroom units held for sale on the lots on which developers would otherwise build denser housing. For these and other reasons I can't get into because I prepared my remarks for three minutes, I believe five to eight unit buildings should be eliminated from the proposal. Thank you. Our next speaker is Audrey Clement followed by Eric Malpelli. My name is Audrey Clement. I'm a Westover resident and a former member of the Transportation Commission. In a recent interview with social influencer Will Tennyson, County Board Chair Katie Crystal said, quote, while we've added sizable population in the last 20 years, the number of cars on the road has actually declined in real terms, not even per capita terms, end of quote. That's counterfactual to say the least. Yet others repeat this canard to argue for lower or no parking minimums in rezoned areas. But according to the Census Bureau, while Arlington's population increased by almost a quarter from 189,000 to 236,000 in 2020, both the number of vehicles here and the number of vehicle miles traveled increased commensurately. The number of vehicles rose from 121,000 in 2000 to 148,000 in 2020, up 23%. According to VDOT, the number of vehicle miles traveled on Arlington secondary roads almost doubled from 664,000 in 2002 to 1.2 million in 2019. So where is Katie Crystal getting her data? Despite Arlington's supposed car-free diet, the number of vehicles per capita has remained about the same, as have the number of paved streets, while the population driving and parking on them has exploded. Getting these numbers so wrong matters because it feeds the illusion that Arlington's residential neighborhoods, densified by a missing middle, will be able to park all the new cars or their residents will opt for transit over SOV use. Both Metro and Art Bus Transit ridership had declined substantially even before the pandemic. In Arlington, Metro Bus average daily bus boardings and Metro Rail entries dropped in double digits from 2010 through 2019. The notion that Missing Middle will somehow reverse these trends post-pandemic. Thank you, Ms. Clement. Next, we have Eric Malpelli. 
Hi, uh, my name is Eric Malpelli. I'm a North Arlington homeowner, and I'd like to express my full support for the missing middle proposal. I'd like to give just one personal anecdote that helps explain my support. Uh, I live in a townhouse community called the Birches, which is about one block from Langston Boulevard. Uh, when our community was being proposed and built in the 1970s, it was considered something that was potentially unwelcome or a bit of a boogeyman for North Arlington. And it was a fight to get the approvals necessary to build our community. 50 years later, we're a thriving community of 25 owners. For example, we just had our neighborhood uh, holiday potluck this past weekend. We fit seamlessly into North Arlington, even though we're missing middle housing. And I hope that we have more neighbors like us in missing middle housing going forward. We fit so seamlessly into the neighborhood that I don't think many of the single family homes around us, including some that face our neighborhood that have signs opposing missing middle, realize they're saying no to people like us. I think the future missing middle housing will fit into the community just as smoothly. I'd like to thank those board members and planning commission members 50 years ago for approving our community, but I can't. So I'd like to express thanks by paying it forward, by hoping and supporting Missing Middle for future generations. Thank you. Thank you. Next to our in-person group of speakers, starting with Jane Green, Noah Higgins, Ethan Epstein, and then Jason Schwartz. And may I ask as you approach the podium, please just press the button on the mic uh, and then the, the light will turn green. Or red? Red, sorry. No problem. Hi, um, my name is Jane Green. I am a proud renter in Arlington, have been for eight years. I encourage the Planning Commission to support the most flexible version of zoning ordinance changes as part of the expanded housing options proposal. This gives residents the most flexibility to create the missing middle style housing that will help us end exclusionary zoning and will have the greatest impact in the coming decades. To that end, I hope you will recommend option 1B to allow up to eight units per dwelling and option 2A that will allow these homes in any neighborhood in Arlington, as long as they fit in the building. Um, I encourage the parking minimum to be reduced further so that we can make room for people and trees um, rather than cars. Please reject any development cap. There's no basis in our planning vision. And it's this type of housing that we want to have, so let's not cap it. Um, remember that even with these changes, missing middle-style homes will be at a disadvantage in the development market, and we should not create any undue burdens that, to make more attainable and more sustainable types of homes. It is long past time that Arlington's general land use plan re-envision what low density neighborhoods can mean and whom they can serve. They should serve renters. They should serve people who can afford things less than 200,000 or less than um, $2 million. The proposed GLUP changes show that we can embrace diverse housing for a diverse community and I applaud this change. Thank you. Our next speaker is Noah Higgins. Our next speaker is Ethan Epstein, followed by Jason Schwartz, followed by Julie Lee. Hey, uh, y'all are in for a fun night. Um, so I think y'all have done a great job responding to a lot of the concerns that have come up, especially with, regarding trees. If anyone doesn't know, the new proposal has increased the tree requirement to maintain the current standard, so that's awesome. Fully in support of that. 
Um, another thing that I'm sure you guys are gonna hear a lot about tonight, we already heard some, is about affordability. How it's not good enough that a duplex is twice as affordable, we want it five times affordable. So actually I just scratched the whole thing. I'm rolling my eyes, everyone. If you can't see, rolling my eyes. Um, but those people do have a point. Um, the historical um, reason for a lot of the single family zoning facets, such as off-street parking, setbacks, were to create a minimum, par uh, were to create a minimum um, price of to entry into the neighborhood. You didn't just have to buy a house; you had to buy a house with a garage, with a yard, and those things drove up the price. It was in the deeds of a lot of neighborhoods, um, so that was explicitly done to set a price floor. The, pro the proposed amendments are already a compromise that will make more affordable but not truly affordable housing options in an, in an attempt to maximize this neighborhood compatibility. Um, and that's an okay compromise. But I'm sure that you're gonna hear a lot more about affordability and how we need to be truly affordable. And so instead of making this compromise further on the basis of neighbor compatibility, let's not do the larger aplexes. Let's do a cap to limit the number. We need to do further in the um, realm of affordability. Let's consider reducing the setbacks. Let's consider maybe a height limit increase, three floors, because we know that those are the things that will actually get this down to be affordable to those um, like really median income buyers. Um, since I do have 30 more seconds, I went on VDOT's website. Um, I'm getting a master's in urban planning. 2021, the daily vehicles mile traveled in Arlington County was 3.4 million miles, according to VDOT's website. In 2003, which was the first year that I could get easily, it was 3.7 million. Um, so yeah, that's some data. It has decreased about 0.4 million miles since then. Um, before we go to our next speaker, I am advised by a colleague that uh, I skipped over a, a question that is usually asked as part of our process, um, uh, where um, at the, when, we, when we begin the public speaker's process, uh, the chair asks the clerk, um, Madam Clerk, do we have any public speakers? So obviously we do. We have uh, 92 public speakers. <laughs> thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, so, um, so everyone is aware that's the number that we're trying to get through tonight. So I'm gonna shut up and let us get on with it. Jason Schwartz. Hi, my name is Jason Schwartz and I live in Courthouse. I support the framework that Arlington County staff drafted to end exclusionary zoning and restore diverse housing types to Arlington's low density neighborhoods. I've personally benefited greatly uh, from living in miss missing middle housing when I previously lived in North Carolina, Kentucky and upstate New York. However, I'm concerned that the new flexibility in the draft text will limit the number of missing middle housing units that can be built. We need to ensure that we add enough housing stock to provide more diverse and lower cost living options. The benefits of missing middle greatly exceeds the limited adverse impacts. Um, just for example, in terms of traffic, um, I recently published an op-ed in the um, Arlington Gazette on, and I looked at Glebe Road, the average, average daily traffic, and it's currently at the lowest level it's ever been since the 19, uh, 1970. It's uh, drastically declined. It did increase um, in, into about 2000, but then it sharply declined. So uh, the traffic in Arlington overall has been getting much better along most of the roads. Um, so we are in a deep housing crisis, and again, we do not have nearly enough housing to supply uh, to meet the to meet to satisfy the demand. So again, I support all the following measures to increase the number of housing supply in Arlington: uh, Option 1B, Option 2A, Option 4B, Option 5A, Option 6A, Option 7B, and Option 8A. Thank you. Next, we have Julie Lee, followed by Noah Higgins. If Noah has joined us. Thanks. 
Good evening. The missing middle housing proposal is complicated at best and deeply flawed at worst. It is irresponsible to recommend the vote to advertise without fully understanding the intended as well as unintended consequences of the plan. At a very minimum, the Planning Commission must recommend to cap at 20 units or less per year for the next 10 years. The draft framework relies heavily on this assumption. Developers have stated that they will build far more missing middle housing units, and some have said that is all they will build. The county must establish this cap so as not to place undue burden on, or pressure on our schools, our services, and our infrastructure. No impact studies have been done for numbers larger than 10. No impact studies have been done at all. In addition to caps, there must be a requirement for geographic dispersion, place limits on the number of missing middle housing buildings developed in any given neighborhood, taking into account the existing missing middle housing in those communities. The missing middle housing draft framework specifically states, geographically dispersed new missing middle housing, enabling modest population growth and accommodating existing schools, infrastructure, and parks. Without geographic dispersion, there is no diversity. Developers will certainly target the most profitable, likely smaller, less expensive 6,000 square foot lots in South and Central Arlington. We have read where communities like Ashton Heights, Halls Hill, and Green Valley are being targeted by investors. And without geographic dispersion, certain neighborhoods will bear an undue burden of development. Yet the tax amendments have nothing more than a placeholder. You must not endorse any missing middle housing text without a foundational provision included. It is evident there are questions that remain and concepts that are unclear. Why rush? delay advertising, do what is best for Arlington, delay the vote, and take Thank time you for your to comments. get this right. It looks, like we, it looks like we have Noah Higgins joining us virtually. Yes, I have, I have joined. You, you may speak. Thank you. Uh, so my name is Noah Higgins, and I am a resident of the Clarendon Courthouse neighborhood of Arlington. Since moving to Arlington, uh, I've been an active member of the Clarendon United Methodist Church, uh, the Arlington Young Democrats, and the Arlington County Tennis Association. Uh, my fiance and I love living in Arlington, and we, we love the community we found, and we want to make our futures here. However, with the housing crisis, that's become an increasingly hard future to imagine, uh, especially with the lack of affordable and middle uh, density housing. So I'm speaking to you today to advocate for the missing middle proposal as part of the effort, one part of the effort, uh, to make Arlington more affordable for everyone, including young people like myself and my fiance. To this end, I implore the commission to uh, allow, to pass this, to recommend this proposal and uh, do not put a cap, not to put a cap on the amount of units that can be, uh, the lots that will be affected, or and to choose the option that has the most uh, housing choice for uh, the most units per lot. Uh, we are in a crisis and we must take bold action to build a county that is affordable, sustainable, and welcoming to all. Thank you. Thank you. Switching back to virtual speakers now, if we have Charles Pill on the line, we will um, we'll hear your comments now. Okay, seeing no Charles Pill, we're going to have Peter Mole followed by Wallace Christensen, followed by Christine Davenport, followed by Ryan Szymkowicz, followed by Grace White. 
Peter Moll. Yes, thank you. Um, analyzing the key middle missing middle contention as an economist, as I'm, yields a discouraging finding. The key mechanism is going to fail. That is, the key objective is to moderate housing prices, um, especially for people on incomes around $100,000 a year. The key mechanism is to permit a wider range of multifamily housing types, which it is hoped will raise supply and reduce the price. But that is the partial equilibrium reasoning of the layperson. The economist is interested in the general equilibrium, incorporating the unforeseen impacts. And one of the most important unforeseen impacts is the increase in density. The key variable influence in prices of land is population density because it determines demand. If you allow this upzoning proposal to proceed, increased density will raise demand for all products and services, from food to transport to entertainment, raising land prices further. And so people on incomes of 100,000 a year approximately will again have difficulty finding housing at a feasible price. So the central objective of the missing middle will fail. Amongst its undesirable side effects will be an increase in prices at the lower end. People earning less than 100,000 a year will be forced out of the county as the missing middle gentrification spreads. Please do not approve the missing middle proposals. Please do not take this request to advertise any further because these proposals are fundamentally misguided. Instead, please examine the many available alternative solutions. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we've got Wallen, Wallace Christensen. Christensen. Christensen, you got it. Hello? We can hear you. We just can't see you, but your time starts now. Okay. Uh, this is the biggest zoning change in the county in more than 50 years, and yet there has been almost no substantive analysis of the impact of the missing middle program on the county and its residents. I submitted a Freedom of Information Act request that asked the county to produce any studies that had been done in connection with this proposal on subjects such as infrastructure, police and fire protection, sewer, water, environment, traffic congestion, and the affordability of houses. And the only study that was produced was an 11-page study by your consultants, PES, the purpose of which was to show whether or not this would be profitable for developers and investors to pursue, and you concluded that it was. When developers had to get building permits to do something that was not uh, common in the county, they had to give concessions and they had to make a contribution towards the increasing costs that they, the county would uh, sustain because of their work. By giving them by right permission to build whatever they want, you will no longer have that power. Who will pay for this? We, the taxpayers. And those of us who, like myself, are retired or people of color or minorities or lower income families are going to be hurt by this um, program. The excuse that I understand the county for giving, for giving, for not, for admittedly not doing uh, any of the studies that I had referenced earlier was that they projected only 20 units a year that would be built. That is absurd. And I ask you this. Would each of the commissioners of the Planning Commission agree to reduce his or her salary by 1% for every unit that's built in the following year after this is enacted above 20? 
I, I challenge you to accept that proposal because you know and we know it's going to substantially exceed that number and increase the density. Of Thank you for your comments. Christine Davenport. <laughs> Christine Davenport, if you're with us. Ryan Szymikowicz. If we don't have Ryan with us either, we'll go to Grace White. Hi, I'm here. Is this, uh, is this Ryan? So this is Grace. Is Ryan or? Okay, Grace, your time starts now. Hi. Um, so uh, I'm a West. I'm a Westover Village resident. I believe Westover Village embodies the goals of the missing middle housing plan uh, very well. It's a walkable community. Um, it has people from all of the world at all income levels. Um, it's served by transit, and this is all made possible by the density within the community. Why is that possible? Not only do we have single family homes and townhomes, duplexes, we also have eight plexes. We have 10 plexes. We have 12 plexes uh, on lots that are about the same size as the neighborhood I grew up in, Old Glebe, where Mr. Salaki is from. Um, let's talk about that neighborhood. It's one of the most expensive places in the county. There's no baristas like myself living there. There's no service workers, no teachers moving in. If they're there, they bought a long time ago when the housing prices were much lower and before the growth came to this region. Um, meanwhile, in Westover, you do have all of those people there. Um, and, and sure, the, the housing is older. It's not newer. New housing is always expensive compared to older housing. But to anyone but the most wealthy. Um, so when we're looking at things like capping at eight units, um, you know, I, honestly, I think we need to go higher. Look at Westover, you know, all of these supposed bad effects of density, uh, you know, like, oh, it's going to ruin the schools or it's going to, you know, cause traffic to go up, all of that stuff. It hasn't happened in Westover. It's actually one of the most desirable neighborhoods in Arlington, not in spite of the density, but because of it. So when we're looking at proposed changes, I encourage us to make the types of housing that makes Westover a great neighborhood possible to build and to aim for more Westovers across Arlington in the coming decades. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We'll go back to Christine Davenport, followed by Ryan Sismakowitz. Seeing neither, we will switch back to our in-person speakers. Um, we've got Scott Ferguson, followed by James Shellman, followed by Chris Walsh, Jeannie Briskin, and Kathy Rehill. Can you hear now? Okay. The missing middle housing plan draft zoning amendments released in October are the most significant policy changes governing land use since the county agreed to plan for transit-oriented growth in the mid-1970s. I ask that you go to the ASF website and read their December 12 comprehensive analysis of the new missing middle zoning paper. If you only have time to read the executive summary, you will realize that the county's level of analysis studies on the missing middle plan have been woefully inadequate. 
Missing middle uses words that we all agree with, like diversity and inclusion. However, many of the goals stated in the missing middle plan will produce the opposite result. The missing middle plan will not produce affordable housing, will not foster diversity, will harm the environment and transportation, and will exacerbate the county's already serious infrastructure and operating budget deficits. It will add revenue for the developers, and it will increase the county's revenue through increased residential property valuations. The brevity of the civic engagement process for Missing Middle was shocking given the complexity and magnitude of proposed changes. The Arlington way of old was not followed. Many residents are still not aware of these substantial zoning changes and how they will negatively impact the quality of life in their neighborhoods. Many needed elements of the Missing Middle plan have not been addressed. For example, the county has not performed an analysis of the possible impact on parking or on street congestion related to the missing middle plan. This is one of many examples. As a planning commission, I implore you to read ASF's report and address the planning elements that have not been addressed. Thank you for your comments. Next, we have Chris Walsh. I'll handle it. Thank you. The, the I did. Yeah, you, You're good. you You're don't good. have to press that. The, mi the microphone is on. You've got to speak closer. Madam Clerk, could you just reset the, yes. the two minutes? And this is a point where I can... I, I should take I should take a moment to say something that I might have taken earlier, which is that there is a, a button on the pulpit that raises and lowers it um, that will bring the microphone closer to to you. Well, you what I'm suggesting is that you hit raise the pulpit. Uh, um, there's there's a button that will physically raise the pulpit to the microphone closer to you. Lectern. There we go. Higher. Ms. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the county the county is going to put modular buildings made of prefab on small plots. There are no garages. There may be garages, but I didn't see any in the pictures I saw. And uh, they are about as ugly looking as a, I don't know, a kid's playhouse. I don't know if anyone would even want to live there. You guys got to rethink this if you're going to go forward. I would be ashamed to live in that house with no roof. I mean, think about it. You're, it's like you're giving them the dregs of, of, of artistic design in housing. A realtor came by me one time in my garden, which I have and am happy about, and said no one ever came to her in all of her career and asked for a fourplex box on a small plot. Do you know the average family doesn't have one car? The average family has two cars. When they get kids, then they get three and four cars. If you look, if you look around, that's what you get, if it's a family. 
Uh, there's not going to be room in the garage for all those cars. Uh, in fact, nobody uses garages. It's all going to be street parking. So when your fourplex comes, you might have eight cars lined up. There's going to be a problem. My daughter lives right now in a fourplex, and parking is her biggest problem. Okay, I, I guess we're going to be sharing. That means uh, we're going to have to have more than the granny houses we already have, which I think are an eyesore. You get a big normal house, you get a little teeny plot of land, and then here's a little thing up against the fence, and it's a, it's a house. You got to do better. Thank you. Next we have Chris Walsh, followed by Jeannie Briskin. Madam Clerk, I believe that was Mr. Walsh. That was Mr. Walsh, yeah. Jeannie. I could be saying that wrong. Jean. Good evening. I've lived in Arlington since 1992 in rental and as a homeowner. I've lived in townhouses and single family homes and in apartment buildings, cities, suburbs, and rural. Growing up, my family was redlined out of desirable neighborhoods due to restrictive covenants. We need additional options to better address citizen concerns. Arlington's golden goose is location and school quality. Location is fixed and space is finite. Finite space will inevitably go up in price and value and reduce affordability. Don't kill the golden goose, which is the schools also. The proposal is irreversible and lacks guardrails. Instead, I urge the board to add, to pick a test area and evaluate what goes on there over the course of, say, five years before making any countywide changes. The proposal does not provide more affordable or affordable housing. It does nothing to remedy lost intergenerational wealth, which resulted from historical redlining. The units that are going to come in are going to come at the top of the market, not at the medians typically shown in the county's materials. Um, and the proposal would accelerate the destruction of desirable uh, three-bedroom houses. There is already a full diversity of housing choices within Arlington. Larger units are not long-term family friendly when they, because they have a small number of bedrooms, except when they start to get joined, like multifamily units in New York City. Arlington is the 11th most densely populated county in the country. We don't need to be more dense than that. I urge the group to add a comprehensive assessment of the cumulative impacts of multi this multi-housing uh, with the Langston Highway redevelopment proposal so that we can see the cumulative impacts on population density, school crowding, impact on stormwater capacity and runoff, traffic, parking, and tree cover. The proposal needs an additional option with additional tree cover. Add an option so that there is not by right Thank you for your comments. Thank you. Next, we've got Chris Shellman followed by Kathy Rehill. Just press the button. You just, yep, just, just okay. leave the button pressed. Thank you. Are we good? Yes. All right, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to address the Planning Commission. My wife and I have been residents of Arlington County for nearly 40 years. We laud the county's commitment to make our quality of life accessible to more people of color and to low and middle income households, in this case, the focus on middle. These goals are exactly right, but the means proposed under the county's missing middle initiative will likely fail on both diversity and quality of life grounds. 
The plan's reliance on a purely market-driven approach will not create accessible housing for many targeted households. We must try more creative solutions implemented in other communities that combine government support and other funding sources to achieve true color and economic diversity. On the economics, the least expensive of the new units are projected to require household income of 108,000. I heard 100 tonight, but on the documents it has 108. Many households in Arlington make less than this that would be in the middle category 10 years ago. Our household middle income was less than this. And within just a few years, the value of this newly created housing will be considerably more, leaving more without viable ownership options. On quality of life, for some years, existing counting standards have allowed land coverage and tree loss that has diminished quality of life. A multi-unit development on my own North 18th Street some years ago created land coverage issues resulting in catastrophic uh, flooding four years ago, one house with five feet of water in the basement. Can we really expect better with the new plans using the same or slightly tweaked standards? It seems reasonable to ask if the county has adequate standards to use with developers and if it is enforcing those standards already. Some years ago, our neighborhood- Thank you for your comments. Next, we have Kathy Rehill, followed by virtual speaker Michael Lynch. Hi, thank you. I'm Kathy Rehill. I've been an Arlington resident for 30 years, and I'm a licensed realtor, full-time practicing in Arlington for the last 12 years. I wanted to bring to this conversation uh, some information about the free market and buy-right development in Arlington. As laudable as the goals are of creating affordability and equity, this plan won't do it. Buy-right development to this day has not created affordable housing. Increasing the density when you are the most sought after community in the DMV with the highest land values is not going to create equity or diversity. And the idea of just putting more people in the envelope of a single family home sounds good, but what your proposal is doing is it's allowing subdividing, and that's the game changer. As soon as the land that could sell for $900,000 can be subdivided, and instead of realizing a $1.4 million new house on that land, now it can be $2 million uh, semi-detached, you're going to quickly accelerate the rate of teardowns, perfectly good homes will be torn down, not just obsolete homes, because you can get more money out of that land. So this analysis that the PES did saying maybe 20 a year is totally off base when subdivision is part of this formula. And so I think that you have to set goals so you can measure if this is successful. I've seen in all of this just lofty goals of equity and diversity and I've seen no real goals. Do you want to create 40 new three bedrooms or do you want to create 100 new one bedrooms? How are you going to measure the success of this program when you have no goals at all. You're going to allow by right development to solve a housing crisis. You are going to accelerate gentrification. Thank you for your comments. To those of you who are using the applause sign uh, in lieu of um, uh, audible applause, I want to say that I see you and I appreciate you and thank you. 
Next up, we have Michael Lynch, followed by Dan Albin joining us virtually, followed by Joe Damore, Rebecca Lewis, and John Rigby. Yeah, good evening. Um, first, let me say I agree with uh, everyone who has said that the goals of this plan are laudable, but that the implementation and the details are somewhat of a disaster, that it's built largely on unfounded uh, assumptions. So I did a little data on our neighborhood and the plan as written, if you go with the um, carve out for non-conforming lots in our neighborhood, we would go from 17 houses to 136 units overnight. Um, logistically, that's 400 extra trash cans, that's hundreds of cars, it's at least triple the amount of people. Um, and it takes us from a glup zone of one to 10 units per acre to 37 to 72. So right now we're at seven units per acre, roughly this would take us up to about 50. Um, the plan is complicated. These details have not been thought through. I have spoken to county board members who have either not read the proposal or couldn't answer my questions on it. And so I would urge the planning commission um, not to move this forward to the board for those reasons. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have Dan Alban. I'm here. Hello. Go ahead. Thank you very much. My name is Dan Alban. I'm uh, a resident of Arlington for a long time. I currently live in the Boston Bluemont area. When my wife and I got married, we purchased a townhouse uh, there. And when we were on the market looking for housing, even though we're both attorneys, a townhouse was the only uh, house we could afford in Arlington. And I think it's really important that Arlington keep those sorts of housing options open for the continuing demand that is coming to this area. I previously lived in a garden style apartment in Colonial Village, which uh, I really enjoyed living in and which again, provided an option that, that wasn't otherwise available. Um, I'm someone who um, believes strongly in the, in the need for housing and the need for more housing in Arlington and for affordable housing. And while I don't think missing middle is the solution to everything, it certainly provides a wider variety of housing that we need here in the county. I've been listening to the comments that have been made so far, and frankly, they strike me the, the opposition comments strike me as sort of a, a chicken little perspective that unless we can prove that there will be absolutely zero negative uh, consequences of missing middle and only positive consequences, those are the only circumstances in which we can approve the missing middle housing proposal. And that's absurd. Um, people need housing, people need to live in Arlington. Arlington's in the core of, of DC's metro area. And um, Arlington needs to do everything possible to make uh, housing available. And that includes eight plexes, and that also includes um, not having a cap so that the missing middle housing proposal does something meaningful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next, we have Joe Damore. Joe, are you with us? If not, going on to Rebecca Lewis. If we don't have Rebecca, going on to John Rigby. Can you hear me? 
Yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to speak tonight. Uh, I've been a longtime Arlington resident since 1961. I strongly oppose the Missing Middle Initiative. It's very poorly analyzed. It's essentially not analyzed. It's based somehow on the assumption that if we just let the developers subdivide Arlington, it will magically transform Arlington into an affordable community. It reminds me of the urban renewal of the 1950s and early 1960s, something that was pushed by progressive communities and progressive mayors. And it universally did negative, it had a universally negative impact. As Daniel Patrick Moynihan re uh, recognized, the less progressive cities that did nothing on urban renewal were the ones who got it right. I'm afraid we're in the same situation here. We're going to let the developers run wild, have a very negative impact. They already have their sights set on Halls Hill. There isn't going to be any African-American community in Halls Hill when the developers are through. This is something that at minimum should be done on a case-by-case -case basis so that we can see the problems associated with it rather than just turning the whole county over to the developers. Very pragmatic questions now. Does this apply to lots that are only partially in Arlington? There are probably over 100 of them. It certainly has an impact on Fairfax if we let someone build an eightplex on a lot that's at least half in Fairfax. Also, what is the impact on historic districts such as Maywood? Will people, as a matter of right, be able to put up eight plexes in Maywood in spite of the historic district? I urge Thank you for your comments. Next, we'll go back to Joe Damore or Rebecca Lewis before transi transitioning back to our in-person speakers. Joe or Rebecca? Seeing none, we'll go to Diane Dustin in person, followed by Terry Arma, Ann Bodine, Kathy Miro, and Mar Marley Franzen. Thank you. My name is Diane Dustin. I've represented buyers and sellers of real estate in Arlington for 14 years. I retired just this year. I also have purchased houses to tear down and build new or renovate to resell. I live in Alcova Heights and I've been in Arlington since the 80s. I've spent a lot of time over the years analyzing housing in Arlington and I can honestly say there is no missing middle. The multi the multiple listing service shows today that there are 290 homes for sale in Arlington, ranging from $149,000 to $4 million. Of that 290, there are 183 at less than a million dollars. Of that 183, there are 38 at less than $350,000. There are 45 homes with three bedrooms or more for less than a million dollars right now. That includes 17 single family homes, 22 townhouses, and six condos, all for under a million dollars, all with three bedrooms or more for sale today. To repeat, 
Of all the homes for sale in Arlington at this very moment, 63% are the so-called missing middle. Are there buyers who say they can't find home in Arlington? Of course there are. But what they're really saying is I can't find a home I like. There is no policy the county could develop to accommodate every buyer's taste. In real estate, we often tell buyers, make a priority list and be ready to buy when they find a property that fits the top priority. Unfortunately, this has become a wedge issue. It's pitting owners of sing single family homes against those who want to break up single family neighborhoods. That's not the Arlington way. Thank you for your comments. Next, we have Terry Arma, followed by Ann Bodian. The green one? Yes? Okay. So I'm going to uh, please ask you guys to look at me for a second because I'm not here to give you all the facts and figures because you already know them. I found them all on your website. Numerous people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments. You already know this agenda and you know it's not going to work and you're doing it anyway. I'm here to scold you guys <laughs> because the, this policy that the county board put on staff, and staff kind of evaluated, but not really, and then the zoning committee, and you guys took it up, and with really no expertise in economics, and none of nobody here is a builder, and I see a lot of, well, this may happen and that may happen, but you don't plan like that. You can't plan like that. But I want to tell you that what the previous speaker said is true. Friends are now enemies, and you guys did this. 70%, 77% of the population in Arlington are renters. 120,200 housing units exist in the entire county. Of those, 27,000 are single family. 7,000 are attached, and 85,000 are multifamily. That's missing middle. Overwhelmingly, as I already said, the comments are against missing middle. And I respect that younger people want to buy a house, but you know what? Most of us couldn't buy a house until we were in our 40s and 50s. So to march in here when you're 25 and 30 and say you want to buy a house, well, I hope you make a lot of money and you have three incomes. So I live right next to Columbia Pike Metro Bus Corridor, and my neighbors in the townhouses have eight cars. Thank you for your comments. Eight cars, not Next, we have Ann Bodine, followed by Kathy Miro and Marley Franzen. Madam Clerk, could you just? It's on. It should. Okay. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Okay. Can we start over? Oh, good evening. My name is Ann Bodine. I'm concerned that the new zoning employs a special exception zoning tool. That would be fine, except every other instance of special exception zoning in our code requires community input and board approval, and this does not. 
So the first order of business is to require community bo and board reviews for all elements of section 10.4 of the draft zoning amendments, essentially the entire effort. Special exception zoning without public scrutiny is unprecedented and may be illegal. I'm also concerned that Zoco, LRPC, and staff agreed on November 9th that Missy Middle is consistent with seven of the 11 parts of the comprehensive plan. A report released today by Arlingtonians for Our Sustainable Future cast doubts on those assertions. If you read the report, I think you'll find that a yes vote for Missy Middle is hard to square with the following. Missy Middle will worsen uneven access to housing among white and non-white and wealthy and non-wealthy segments of our population, displacing the less advantaged and more diverse. Large population increases, I believe we'll see more than the projected 150 a year, mean more carbon emissions. So Missy Middle will throw off our CEP target of being a carbon neutral community by 2050. New housing far from transit will add to vehicle miles traveled and more emissions, contrary to energy and transportation goals. It will have tree canopy requirements in rezoned areas, putting beyond reach a 40% tree canopy goal of the urban forestry master plan. It will allow a quick turnover of housing to 100% multifamily units in these zones. This may violate the GLUP by zoning for up to seven units per acre without changing GLUP designation from low residential. And we will violate goal four of the GLUP to preserve and enhance existing single family and apartment neighborhoods, staff arguments to the contrary notwithstanding. It will accelerate and spread teardowns with overtaxed stormwater and sanitary systems. It will further threaten our existing operating budget deficit as the county continues to defer costs of schools, police stations, et cetera. I'm asking you as a board's main Thank you for your comments. Next we have Kathy Miro, followed by Marley Franzen. You press, the red light is, yes, that's good. Hello? Yes. Hi, my name is Kathy Miro. I grew up in Arlington and have lived most of my life in the Westover area. I have concerns about Missing Middle's impact on our water and sanitary system and the county's lack of analysis of them. I brought this up with Christian Dor Dorsey at a meeting and with a candidate that was running for the board both basically told me not to worry, the system's fine, that studies have been done, and implied, what do I know? When I told them I'm my, that I own my own plumbing business for over 20 plus years, they were kind of surprised. We see it every day in the plumbing world. Arlington's infrastructure is outdated and struggles to serve the community now. We have over 500 miles of sewer and water that is between 20 to 50 years old. As far as studies having been done, the county's response to a recent Freedom of Information Act request revealed that there are no studies. In fact, a DES report said, and I quote, we'll have to deal, we'll have to evaluate, we'll have to be evaluated in the future. This is no way to run a business or a county. This should be done before you begin to move forward with this missing middle. If you don't, it is the residents of this county that will be paying for your lack of research about the feasibility of your plan and its impact on the residents of this county. Sadly, my experience is what I feel too many residents hear from the county. What could you know? 
it's time to stop and do the groundwork before you move forward. Thank you. Next, we have Marley Franzen. You know, to the gentleman who lowered this, I don't know who it was, thank you, as for our five foot three. Okay, my name is Marley Franzen. I'm a licensed civil engineer in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and I live in South Arlington. I am for sound, reasonable housing solution, but disagree with the proposed missing mill solution. As an engineer with almost 30 years of experience, I know a good problem statement when I see one, and this one is so incredibly broad that it is highly disturbing that other solutions have not been vetted. There has been no thought on how infrastructure will be upgraded when the full build-out occurs. This must be considered now, from sidewalks to buried electrical to water and sewer. Right now, I think the county uses about 36 million gallons per day during max day. When the population increases, how are you gonna do that? In my neighborhood, how do you get the fire flow that you're gonna need at full build-out? That needs to be considered now. The socioeconomic divide will only increase between North and South Arlington. The developers will build 6,000 foot, square foot, single-family buildings in North Arlington and the same um, volume um, but six units in D Douglas Park. And if you don't believe me, please drive down Ballston and tell me how many new residential buildings have balconies and then do the same along the pike. They are already building less in South Arlington because the transportation issues have, on the pike have been there for over a decade. Please, please, please allow for time to create a more targeted problem statement and that doesn't divide the county and then develop at least two or three additional solutions that can be vetted against the problem statement. The first solution is often not the best solution to sticky situations. Thank you so much. Next, we have virtual speaker Susan Hickson, followed by Dima Hercura, Rita Grecho, and Brian Casabianca. Hi, I'm Susan Hickson. I attended the zoning committee meetings on November 9th and 30th, and those were pretty chilling experiences. The verbal language and comments of the members reflected that they had in mind construction of small units for one or two adults, no children, and suitable only for healthy people with high incomes. They could not find realistic solutions for any, any of the issues that were being considered. And just one typical example, was when they concluded their parking discussion, they agreed that in the end, regardless of the requirements, supply and demand would have to solve parking issues. If a new structure did not supply enough parking, cars would compete for parking on the public streets in the area, and people in the surrounding neighborhoods would resolve the problem by getting rid of their cars, riding bikes, walking to public transportation a mile or more away, or moving out. And over and over, committee members noted that they lacked the specific appropriate data for making recommendations on the issues that were undiscussed, under discussion, the same problem that's been mentioned over and over this evening. Um, during the discussions, one expert outlined the needs of many elderly and physically challenged citizens with respect to parking and transportation. And the committee just railroaded right over those concerns, paid no attention to them at all. So my conclusion is that the current middle missing proposal is nowhere near ready to be advertised, approved, or implemented at this point. Thank you. 
Thank you. Next, we have Dima Herkura. Good evening. So we had the community conversations. Has any feedback or the studies requested been incorporated into the proposal? It is a resounding no. We are back to square one. Show us the data that can truly, uh, that show us that we truly can correct for historic injustices. Show us the data that this will not cause gentrification on steroids. Show us the data that this will not get rid of starter homes for families. Show us the data that this will increase opportunities for home ownership. Show us the data that this will not create a predominantly investor haven. Show us the data that this will bring affordable housing and not all luxury housing. Show us the data that our parks have the capacity for an increased population. Show us the data that brick and mortar schools can handle the increased school population and not be forced to rely on virtual schooling. Show us the data that increased property taxes are not going to drive families out of their homes. Show us the data that a family living near Metro can still own and park a car to take their kids to baseball practice or a dance class, or to have an equal access to non-Metro accessible job opportunities. Show us that people forced to live exclusively on the car-free diet are still can still access community centers without wasting time on transit. And show us that this hearing is truly a constructive exercise where feedback is taken, considered, and deliberated, and it's not simply going through the motions with a predetermined outcome. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have Brian Casabianca. Actually, Rita Greco is first, followed by Brian Casabianca. Thank you. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, thank you. Over 5,200 Arlington residents have voiced their opposition to the missing middle plan on a petition. This enormous volume of opposition dwarfs the few hundred Yimbian voice members who support it. Arlington's proposal is built on a foundation of false promises made by county officials false promises to single-family homeowners saying the county would never do an across-the-board rezoning of single-family neighborhoods, and the plan would only lead to a handful of teardowns each year. False promises to millennials and essential workers saying it would provide them with homeownership opportunities they can afford. I call on you planning commissioners to stop the divisive chaos created by Missing Middle by taking two actions. Vote no to any further consideration of GLUP or zoning changes. And second, initiate a credible, unrushed process that examines alternatives that do not involve wide-scale single-family upzoning, which will destroy the quality of life in Arlington's single-family neighborhoods. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have Brian Casabianca. We can't hear you, Brian. We still can't hear you. But I believe you're on mute if you're able to unmute.
we'll skip you and come back to you at the end. Um, Edward Freeman. Hello? Is, is this Edward or is this Brian? This is Edward. All right, Edward, go ahead. Your two minutes begins now. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, I'm a 35-year resident of Arlington County and a single-family house owner. I moved to my neighborhood because I wanted to be in a single-family house environment. I am adamantly opposed to the missing middle housing proposal. I think the county has not articulated its objectives clearly and has not conducted the appropriate analysis to move forward with this. So I ask that the request to advertise be indefinitely postponed pending a professional, comprehensive, and quantitative analysis of potential impacts on utilities, schools, road capacity, traffic and construction, parking, tree cover, green space, fire, and police services. The population and population density impacts from such a proposal will be a disaster. As we have heard with quantified examples, there is no missing middle. There's plenty of uh, and diverse housing available. The county has not articulated a clear plan, uh, plan to achieve its stated objectives. Setting objectives and establishing a plan are elementary tools for management. Without management, we have a recipe for future disaster. We need professional county management. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go back to Brian Casabianca if you're able to unmute or if you've called in. It, it looks like not. So we will transition back to our next in-person speaker, Alex Pilkington. Brian, if you're able to call in with the next group, we'll, we'll get you accommodated. Alex Pilkington is our next in-person speaker, followed by Tim Husson and Brooke Alexander. Is Alex Pilkington present? Tim Husson? Hi, this is Brian Casabianca of Maywood Calling. Hi, Brian. We'll we'll go ahead and accommodate. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't press on mute. It was locked for some reason. Okay, go ahead with your comments now. Okay. Thank you very much. So my name is Brian Casabianca. I'm an Arlington resident. I have over 25 years experience in economics law and business. I've lived in apartments for over 25 years, and never had to write to my county government officials to build me a home I could afford. Uh, vehemently oppose the missing middle. I think it's a highly flawed plan. A couple of examples I want to cite. My wife and I took the official plans for the missing middle to 75 neighbors within the 10 block radius in three days. We only had one neighbor support the initiative and their understanding was that this was for low-income people. We zoom out to the county level, 4,000 citizens have signed a petition opposing missing middle. 
This is even more outreach than the board has done on this matter so far. If we look at just two issues for those of you listening, considering the topic of stormwater management, on July 9th of this year, Arlington received 1.4 billion gallons of rain in one day, according to Storm Team 4. If you look at how much the county is going to put into wastewater management, 1% of, this, of, of the budget's 3.9 billion 10-year plan is going to go to stormwater management, 1%. On the topic of schools, Arlington schools are already beyond capacity. There's 72 trailer classrooms in use. This is a, a county that has $750 million in their budget and there's still trailers being used for classrooms. Imagine what Missing Middle will do to this. And on the subject of tree canopy, if you look at the latest figures, six, basically 60% of Arlington's tree canopy will be slashed in half. That's the equivalent to a very significant portion and area equivalent to nine Pentagon parking lots uh, will be essentially, uh, we remove uh, the acreage that we need for the tree canopy. So. In closing, I agree with the other speakers here, uh, especially on the economics, that the only thing that happens here is that land prices are going to rise even more. It's going to force disadvantaged groups and minorities who need this the most uh, will, will not be able to afford this. And uh, for those reasons, I think... Thank you for your comments. Not, not a good plan. Reject. Tim Hussin. Thank you, Mr. Hussin, for your indulgence. I speak to convey my strong support for missing middle housing based on affordability, diversity, and the environment. First, affordability. If we don't act, we face a future like San Francisco where only the wealthiest can live. Under current exclusionary zoning rules, older houses are being torn down and replaced with much larger houses that are only allowed to hold a single family. Residents of Residences of comparable size could easily accommodate duplexes, triplexes, or townhouses that could house multiple families. While new single-family homes run around $2 million, missing middle homes would be much more affordable. Keep in mind our own children. On our current trajectory, Arlington neighborhoods will only offer houses that are too expensive and or too massive for our children to raise their families here. Second, for diversity. My family of five owns a single-family house in Maywood, where we've lived since 2006. Missing middle housing is compatible with and would improve single family neighborhoods like ours by increasing the diversity of income levels, of occupations, of ethnicities, and of family sizes. Third, for the environment. My peers in the Federal Civil Service who have families can't afford Arlington neighborhoods, so they're choosing to commute from 30 to 60 minutes farther out. This pushes new sprawl, which means forests are bulldozed for new roads, new houses, and new shopping centers, all of which worsen flooding. It also means that these families have more cars that they use for long commutes on highways that are forever under construction to add more lanes. So for affordability, for diversity, and for the environment, do the right thing and say yes to middle, missing middle housing without caps. Thank you. Thank you. Next we have Brooke Alexander, followed by Richard Epstein and Claudia Harvey. Hi, can you, can you hear me? My name is Brooke Alexander. I'm the Ashen Heights Tree Canopy and Native Plant Coordinator. I also have a degree in land use and environmental planning from UVA. I'm here tonight to talk about one of the substantial issues I have with the current missing middle housing proposal. The justification for the lot coverage for missing middle was that it would be the same allowance that is currently allowed to my knowledge, no one looked at the assumption here. This is a major oversight. 
If you speak to the old timers who were responsible for the zoning change in the 2000s that led to tiered, impervious surface and building footprint allowances by zoning category, you would be told that this was not designed to be the final iteration. It was designed to be revisited to see whether it was working. And if it had been revisited, I believe many of us would agree that the current building coverage and impermeable surface allowances are not working. We face a massive tree canopy loss as our single family homes are redeveloped into McMansions. And we have a huge stormwater runoff problem. These problems should be addressed by reducing the building coverage and impermeable, excuse me, impermeable surface allowances. This should be done as part of this missing middle housing evaluation. Thank you. Next we have Richard Epstein, followed by Claudia Harvey. Good evening. The ending of single-family neighborhoods has been the predetermined policy outcome from the very start of a seriously flawed public engagement process. And the county's asserted goals and claimed benefits for ending single-family zoning have been a moving target of the last three years that in any event are largely unattainable. What this pro pro proposal will do is irreparably damage single-family neighborhoods and distribute density throughout the county, often away from mass transit. Contrary to the 40-year commitment by our county board embodied in a general land use plan to preserve and enhance single-family and apartment neighborhoods. So I ask you to vote against advertisement of this proposal and recommend instead that the board halt this process and work with the community through a truly meaningful public engagement process to identify our real housing problems and develop appropriate solutions that will not divide our community. Why do I say that the goals and benefits of this proposal have been ever-changing and are largely unattainable? Here's some of what the community has been told. That mid-density housing is missing from Arlington, hence the misnomer missing middle housing, when in fact approximately 30% of existing housing stock fits the county's definition and more is being built all the time and more is available. That this proposal will address historic discrimination in housing, which we all acknowledge and abhor and increase diversity, but in fact, the least expensive units will materially exceed the median incomes of Arlington's African-American, Latino, and senior households. That this proposal will produce affordable housing, or at least increase housing affordability, when in fact, staff acknowledges that this plan will not produce affordable housing, and the nature of a housing market will result in increased housing prices and taxes, certainly not housing affordable to low and moderate income households. And now we are told that the actual goal is to produce more housing of different types in response to a housing crisis in our region. Even though Arlington is the 11th densest jurisdiction in the country, our own housing director has indicated that we are already meeting our regionally allocated housing goals. Thank you. Thank you. Next we have Claudia Harvey, followed by our virtual round of speakers, Reginald Goke and Meredith Mazada. Can you hear me? Do I need to... Not that should be good. Okay. Hi, I've lived in Arlington for 30 years, first as a renter and now as a, a homeowner. And I'm speaking against the missing middle today, sadly, um, but I'm not against more housing and um, more diversity and equity in housing and a climate conscious approach to housing. 
Um, but first, as the, um, earlier speakers had suggested, I think you need to do the requisite impact studies and then start with a test area. Um, any proposal that is passed needs to have caps. As is the current proposal, I believe, will not achieve the goals it has set out, whether it's for housing or environment, redeveloping neighborhoods, but not providing housing affordable for our teachers or rescue workers and their families. That doesn't make sense. On the climate question, allowing developers to continue to cut down every tree on a lot and plant tiny saplings in their place is not reasonable or going further in, a in the proposal to decrease what's left of green space on a lot in order to accommodate bigger structures to house more people. What seems clear to me, the only group that has no complaint with the current missing middle proposal is the developers. And why would they complain? Because as the proposal moves forward, it appears that the county has scaled back many of the limits on the scope and size of these missing elements. Ultimately, it will be the developers who drive this proposal to reality. It's as if the county were to build a new highway through Arlington and say to the developers, hey, you determine the size, volume, and speed. There's little to no guardrails. I plowed the uh, board and the Planning Commission for tackling the issue of missing middle and trying to incorporate a climate-conscious approach to future housing in Arlington. <clears throat> But pause here and consider how to revise this proposal so it actually achieves what you are setting out to do. Thank you for your comments. Next, we have Reginald Gok, um, who's joining us virtually. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Uh, hi, my name is Reginald Gakey. I'm a 25-year resident of Arlington, um, and I am also speaking against the missing middle approach. Um, frankly, uh, from the very conception of what is being designed here, if you look at the planning documents, it talks about doing this in order to meet our uh, supposed obligations towards the Washington, D.C. density. We are already the densest area in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, we are denser than most of the other areas around here. We are, as what another speaker said, either the 11th densest or the 9th densest, by my numbers, city in the country. Um, we do not need more density. We have done our fair share, and trying to put more people into a very small area does not make any sense. There are other areas that can better support the kind of housing that people would want and do so more affordably. Um, and so from the very beginning, that the concept of this is frankly just uh, going towards a goal that it does not need to achieve because it can be better achieved elsewhere. Second, when you look at uh, other examples of missing middle in Minneapolis, Portland, San Francisco, it's never had any impact uh, of the nature that people are trying to ask for here. People talk about affordability, but a duplex uh, will not be any more affordable and certainly not affordable to middle and lower income uh, families uh, compared to, uh, you know, other areas where they could find housing. Um, further, in terms of diversity, what you're actually doing is eliminating diversity by eliminating neighborhoods that have single family housing. People look for single-family housing so that their kids can grow up together, so that they have uh, neighbors. In, in my neighborhood, we've grown up together for, for 20 years. People like that kind of neighborhood. By eliminating any single-family housing, you eliminate that possibility and, and the attractiveness to for Arlington for people who want that sort of a neighborhood. So I, 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 please uh, do not adopt this proposal. Thank you for your comments. Next, we have Meredith Mazada, followed by Bruce Bolden, Scott Sachs, and Regina Cass. Thank you. Um, can you hear me? Yes. 
My name is Meredith Mazada. I am a resident of Chainbridge Forest. I'm a parent of two young children and I am a concerned climate activist. I am concerned because although the missing middle housing proposals equity goals are commendable, as currently drafted, the proposal will further decimate Arlington's tree canopy by cutting the tree canopy coverage requirement in half. I know we can do better. Planting more trees is one of our greatest nature-based solutions to combating climate change. While saplings are wonderful, protecting existing mature trees is paramount to not only the beauty of our community, but to our community's ability to weather the impacts of climate change. A healthy tree canopy protects communities from high temperatures. They release water vapor into the atmosphere, which cools the surrounding areas, mitigating the urban heat island effect. They intercept rainfall and reduce stormwater runoff. They remove pollutants from the air, soil, and water, providing us with cleaner and safer communities. They provide energy savings and reduce greenhouse gas emissions due to the, sh the shade provided, and they also increase property values. The impacts of climate change will only increase in the years to come, and we need every tree in our arsenal. We owe it to ourselves, our existing community members, and our future residents to challenge ourselves to be innovative and find ways to achieve the goals of the Missing Middle Project without threatening our existing invaluable tree canopy. Thank you. Thank you. Next we have Bruce Bolden. Yes, hi, my name is Bruce Bolden. Um, been an Ashton Heights resident since 2015. Um, I live here with my kid who is now attending Long Branch uh, Elementary School. So there isn't really a whole lot that I can say here that hasn't already been said. Most of the points that I had uh, come prepared with, other people have already repeated it. Um, mainly, my biggest objection to this is, it's not so much about creating density, but as other people have cited, um, the environmental impact of this. Uh, living in Ashton Heights for seven years, I've already noticed the tree canopy has diminished by a considerable amount. I've noticed the CVS that just was built um, a few houses actually down from me. They tore down a single family home and in the process, they had uh, cut down a tree that was about 80 years old. Um, so I, I really don't see Missing Middle doing anything positive from that respect. Also, um, in terms of creating affordable houses, um, I've noticed that some of the duplexes that have been built are already you know, they've torn down a single family home and built a duplex, which has uh, been going for well in excess of a million dollars. Missing Middles, again, not really going to provide any more affordable housing. And as other people have cited, will actually remove single family housing that would otherwise be available. Um, again, uh, the house here I bought in Ashton Heights, I purchased it for um, less than a million dollars. I've noticed other houses here in Ashton Heights have also sold actually very recently for less than a million dollars. So. I don't really see there being um, so much of an impact to this. Uh, but anyway, um, that's all I want to say. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Next, we have Scott Sachs, followed by Regina Cassidy. Scott, are you with us? Regina Cassidy? Hi. Um, yes, we can, we can hear you. Your time starts now. Right. First, I'm going to state that I support increased housing density, but only after proper planning and impact studies have been done. Issuing a change for the entire county without that information, as you are now doing, is completely irresponsible. 
My husband and I do not support the proposed middle missing, missing middle amendment at all. It is despicable rushing to make the changes that are a political badge of honor and bad for the county that you serve. Here's an example of a necessary study and plan for changes that have not been addressed. We already have sewer backups in our neighborhood and the regular smell of sewer gases along the Spout Run Parkway and Larkham Lane intersection. They clean it out regularly, but it keeps coming back, especially during the summer, it's every couple weeks. Um, and there have been no studies, you know, increased density is not gonna make that any better. Parking concerns have already been discussed. I'm not gonna go into that. Um, and the fact that you're looking at building more one and two bedroom apartments, which are already available. After you've done real impact studies on the infrastructure, services, quality of life, and conservation, in addition to listening to the residents, then you should make a plan on the best zoning changes. This current plan is not the Arlington way. Um, all right, we are doing our best our, personally for over for 40 years to maintain green space and a tree canopy in our Arlington property that has been kept natural by design. Arlington's doing its best to eliminate, eliminate open space, increased runoff, and the tree canopy filling it with higher housing density. It seems like you don't really care about your own mission statement of promoting the improvement, conservation, and revitalization of Arlington's physical and social. Thank you for your comments. Next, we'll go back to Scott Sachs if he's with us online. Um, and if not, we'll switch back to in-person with Eleanor Schwartz, followed by Martha Harris, Richard Engel, Jerry Howard, and Aaron Wilkowitz. Not seeing Scott, Eleanor Schwartz. Good evening. Um, as you say, I'm Eleanor Schwartz, and as an alum of this commission with experience in housing planning and real estate, I appreciate that you would be using the zoning tool that you have to address housing pressures. However, um, Arlington uh, residents and would-be residents project their desires onto current missing middle uh, housing proposal, but it won't really solve the key problems of affordability, a fair housing, and the need for units with more than three bedrooms, or, or three even. In fact, it will make them worse and upend the social contract that was cut in the early 1970s that has worked so well and which guided the Planning Commission during my 10 plus years. So as you know, it is concentrated density at the metro corridors while projecting the neighborhoods. And consistent with that framework, I believe that additional housing density needs to be focused on the arterials where it can be effectively served by transit. Missing Middle puts a radical change in motion with no real accountability. So if you desire to in endorse the current proposal, which I believe is flawed, I urge that you do it as a time-limited five-year, well-tracked demonstration with fewer tiers, that would be two to four units per lot, through a use permit process, with guardrails that provide annual caps per neighborhood, a pause if services are overwhelmed, as we've already been hearing, while guaranteeing the existing building envelopes in setbacks as a maximum. 
MMH also presumes that all sites are equally amenable, and I urge you to incorporate exclusions for environmentally sensitive and locations that will have access problems. Thank you for your comments. And please look at my paper, which you have. Next we have Martha Harris, followed by Richard Engel. And where is the button? It's already on. Oh, okay. Um, my name is Martha Harris, and I have been an Arlington resident for 11 years. I wasn't able to buy a single family home until 11 years ago which is already fairly old. Um, currently, residents in Arlington have a choice. They can live in high rises with bars and restaurants all around and easy access to transportation. They, or they can live in a um, strictly residential um, multifamily housing like Fairlington. Or they can live in a single family home with a wooded surrounding and backyards for their children to play in or climb trees in. They have really three choices now. But I'm afraid that the missing middle housing wants to eliminate all three choices and make a one size fits all for everyone. This would be done in a, in, by uh, eliminating the single family zoning and uh, would result in the allowance of massive multifamily structures, which could be built absolutely anywhere and with no provision for off-street parking. I do not think this is a fair or just uh, proposal. I think that uh, at the most, if, if it goes through, which I hope it doesn't, um, missing middle housing, if it goes through, I would recommend that you confine the upzoning to the transportation corridors and to the metro hubs, but please don't ruin the single family residential neighborhoods and don't take away the current diversity of lifestyles that we have on offer in Arlington and for which we moved to Arlington in the first place. Thank you. Next, we have Richard Engel, followed by Jerry Howard and Aaron Wilkowitz. Good evening. I'm Richard Engel. I've been an Arlington resident for 46 years, and I spent 45 years actually managing real, federal real estate and housing programs and worked as a federal as a workforce housing consultant. I've developed over 1,800 workforce housing units in Maryland and Virginia. Most recently worked on a project out in Jackson, Wyoming. Why is this important? Well, the fact is that there are limitations on what you can achieve with a market-based missing middle housing program. In fact, one of the criticisms of one program in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which has just adopted it, as one local group called Black Response Cambridge said, is asking for-profit developers to develop affordable housing is like asking arsonists to put out their own fire. Where is the incentive? And that's the problem that we're dealing with here. There are programs that work, so let's talk about those. If you're talking about enabling home ownership, look at what San Jose has done. San Jose, California offers uh, down payment assistance loans of up to $135,000 for people who are in the middle quintile of, uh, of, of household incomes. So if you want to afford, do that, come up with a similar program here. Okay. 
Another program that, that works out in Jackson where I've worked is for the county, the city, and the school districts to provide free land to nonprofit housing developers. That's the only way they can build affordable housing for teachers, firefighters, police officers, other public employees, hospital employees, et cetera. And it's been very successful out there. You're not doing any of that here. You're depending on a very cutthroat business, which is the development business. You're asking developers who are competing with one another to try to buy a very limited number of housing sites to somehow uh, buy land for half a million dollars a lot, spend another million dollars at $350 a square foot. Thank you for your comments. Okay. Next we have Jerry Howard, followed by Aaron Wilkowitz. Good evening. Over the last several months, I've attended council board, zoning committee, and planning commission meetings, all devoted to the proposed granting of a buy-right option to developers to build up to eight-unit residential complexes on formerly single-family zoned lots. After hours of listening to well-intentioned board members and commissioners, engaged citizens, and impressively knowledgeable staff, I have concluded our county's neighborhoods are too diverse and their topographies and infrastructures too distinctive to accommodate a universal right to increase suddenly a neighborhood's street and infrastructure loads. Developers remain frustrated by the current building permit process. Residents remain worried about traffic, flooding, and schools. I urge this body and the county, and the county board to press decisions on permitting multi-unit complex construction down to the civic associations. Let the civic associations work with our excellent county staff to determine where and when develop, developers' aspirations can be accommodated. The civic associations know their neighborhoods in detail. With staff support, the civic associations can determine how best their neighborhood can accommodate the demand for density. Arlington is a county of communities. Communities cohere when they can influence their own futures. Please don't sacrifice that cohesion for the sake of expediency by denying our many diverse communities the opportunity, the opportunity to consult with staff and influence proposed new construction. Thank you. Aaron Wilkowitz. Hey there, my name is Aaron Wilkowitz and I'm unequivocally in favor of Missing Middle and the densest possible form of Missing Middle. I moved to Arlington at 22 years old. I met my wife at a Randolph house party. Uh, you know, I, I lived at all five of the Metro North Arlington stations and I love Arlington. But when it came time for me to buy a home, we were not even close to affording it. You know, we, we saw earlier $200,000 income to buy a home here. It is significantly more than that. We were not even close to being able to afford a home in North Arlington, and so we moved to Falls Church. And I wanted to be a part of this community, and I'm not. I'm not a part of your tax base. I'm not contributing to the community. I'm in a different community. And I love my life, but I wanted to be a part of this one, and I couldn't because of a lack of housing affordability. It is inconceivable to me that anyone is making an economic argument that we could significantly increase the density of homes in Arlington. You could significantly increase the supply of homes in Arlington, and it would not lead to prices going down. It is simple economic gravity of supply and demand that if you make more dense housing, prices will go down. Even if every single one was a luxury townhouse, as you increase the number of units, the prices go down. And even if they don't go down in Arlington, they will go down in Falls Church, they will go down in Vienna, they will go down in Springfield, they'll go down in Fairfax. So overall, in Northern Virginia, where so many people are finding it unaffordable, not just to live in Arlington, but in all of Northern Virginia, they're moving away 
they would suddenly be able to afford homes in a way that they wouldn't. If missing middle passed 10 years ago, I'd be able to live in Arlington and somebody else could have lived in my home, but that's not the case today. I also hear so many people making environmental arguments. Of course, we should try to save the tree canopy as much as possible, but what's happening instead is that we're tearing down hours of driving area, of land, millions of trees in the exurbs that, that could otherwise be forests. So if we really wanna talk about environmental damage, it is critical that we make areas close to DC as dense as possible so that areas further away uh, you know, can, can save the environment. Thank you for your time. Next, we'll transition back to our virtual speakers, starting with Molly McKay, followed by Robert Douglas and Joe Damore. Molly McKay. Molly, if you're speaking, we cannot hear you. Okay, we'll, we'll continue on to Robert Douglas. Joe Damore. Can you hear me? Yes, who's speaking? This is Joe Damore. Oh, great. Can you hear great. me? Yes, your two great. minutes starts now. Great. I'm Joe Damore. Um, I've lived in Arlington County for over 12 years. I've been a renter and an owner of a multifamily home uh, the last 12 years. I've been the CEO of billion dollar companies and I'm currently the owner of a business, uh, my own business here in Arlington County. Um, successful businesses, by the way. The, the, the concern I have is that uh, I don't think this is gonna make Arlington County a better place to live for anybody. I think it's gonna increase density, it's gonna increase all the problems that go along with density. Uh, I, th I think that Arlington County is naive about this uh, proposal. It hasn't worked in other metropolitan areas. Uh, my research shows uh, it, it also, we have a regional housing affordability issue, not an Arlington County issue. We're part of a, a metropolitan area. We're not an island, we're part of a region. We just spent $3.4 billion expanding our metro uh, out on the Purple Line. We've got plenty of land there. We should be helping that be developed for people that's affordable. We shouldn't be doing this to single family homeowners in Arlington County. Only 30% of the home homes, less than 30% are single family homeowners. Reducing that stock further makes no sense. This whole proposal is, is not well thought out. We've heard that. I just think you need to put your hat on about thinking about the region. This is a regional problem, affordable housing, not just an Arlington County problem. So I would urge you to think through this before you act, because you're alienating an awful lot of people here, uh, and you're going to make Arlington County not not the great place that it is to live. And uh, people are going to be very, very, very upset because this is. Thank not you for going your comments. Next, we have Molly McKay. Um, Molly McKay, if you're speaking again, we cannot hear you. Um, next, we'll go to Robert Douglas, if you're with us. Seeing neither, um, we'll transition back to in-person, starting with Henry McFarlane, Michael Gearing, Philip Vital, Herbert Wamsley, and Spencer Christian. Uh, 
Thank you very much. I'm Henry McFarland. Uh, Missing Middle raises many issues. I want to focus on the issue of tree canopy. The draft forestry and natural resources plan indicates that the level of tree canopy cover in Arlington has stayed constant over the last 20 years because losses on private land were offset by tree planting and preservation on public lands. But that little public space, excuse me, little plantable space remains on the county owned property. So opportunities to offset future tree losses are going to be limited because public lands will not be able to replace losses on private lands. It's vital to ensure that when lots are redeveloped, enough trees are preserved or planted to ensure sufficient tree canopy in the future. Tree canopy requirements are one of the few tools the county has to address the dwindling number of trees on private land where the large majority of the county's trees grow. And after the 2021 election, it seems unlikely the state will allow the county any additional tools for that purpose. The missing middle proposal, if enacted, makes tree canopy requirements even more important because it will increase the options available to developers who tear down existing homes. While the county's economic consultant assumes that developers will not respond by increasing the number of teardowns, that seems improbable and definitely cannot be assumed. Nonetheless, the existing missing middle proposals would weaken tree canopy requirements. Uh, those requirements currently are that are for trees that within 20 years will grow to 20% tree canopy. For new construction in areas zoned for single family houses, but for areas zoned for missing middle, the requirement falls to 10 or in some cases to 15%. Staff believes it has a workaround to keep the lower limit from applying to single-family houses in areas where zoning rules have changed. Currently, it's not clear if that workaround would succeed and if it would withstand a legal challenge. Even if it does, the tree canopy requirement for missing middle housing in those areas will be well below the limit that would have applied to redevelopments before the change in rules. Option 6A also uh, would not really solve the problem. Thank you for uh, your comments. Next, we have Michael Gearing, followed by Philip Battelle. Good evening. My name is Mike Gehring, and I've been a resident of here in Arlington County for 25 years. And I'm here tonight to uh, vote um, to support the missing middle uh, housing and affordable housing here in Arlington. Uh, I love Arlington. It's uh, a great place to live, and it's close to where I work. And um, I quite simply do not want to be priced out of this county to uh, and be forced to commute two, three hours or more to and from work. Um, I like being close to where I work. And uh, on top of all that, I don't have a million dollars or a million and a half dollars to afford a house in this county. And the housing in this county is ridiculously expensive. Um, and I'm not, uh, and there are many people in this county in this same position and uh, uh, many behind me. and. So um, I urge members of this commission to please uh, recommend in support of missing middle housing and affordable housing. And I thank you for your time. Next, we have Philip Vitale followed by Herbert Wamsley and Spencer Cretian. Good evening. I've lived in the Cherrydale neighborhood of Arlington since 1986. 
just one house away are a pair of four unit apartments. What I've learned living near those apartments and also from nearby group homes is that every adult in those apartments or in that group home will have, an, will have a car. And my neighborhood is within walking distance from the metro. Therefore, I'm particularly alarmed by your proposal to require only 0.5 parking spaces per unit in many parts of Arlington. An eightplex will have between eight and 16 cars with only four spaces on site, according to your proposal. This means four to 12 additional cars parking on the streets. Think of the effect of the quality of life of one of our streets if two or more eight unit apartments are built in close proximity. Ironically, for forward thinking Arlington, the parking plan will be a serious disincentive for those residents to buy electric cars. Where will they reliably be able to charge their cars? The requirement for only 0.5 parking spaces per unit, or as discussed in a recent meeting of your zoning committee, of only 0.25 or zero spaces per unit, demonstrates a lack of concern for the effects of these proposals on our neighborhoods. I am asking you to show as much consideration for present Arlingtonians as you are demonstrating for future Arlingtonians. Thank you. Next we have Herbert Wamsley, or sorry, Philip Vitale. Then we have Herbert Wamsley. Thank you. I'm Herbert Wamsley. Um, I've been a single family homeowner in South Arlington for 49 years. I'm urging the board to uh, pause the study so that it can be updated to reflect current prices and rents and what I believe is a very uncertain future demand for housing in Arlington. This study was initiated in 2019. Since then, remote work has changed office life dramatically. It will never be the same as it was before the pandemic. Many office buildings in Arlington, Alexandria, and DC are ghost towns, and employers are not renewing leases. At the same time, thousands of additional condos and rental apartments are under construction in Crystal City and Alexandria. Arlington already is meeting the annual production target for housing units. So my recent experience suggests that many people who are working remotely have decided that they prefer rural or small town living with lower costs and more land. We will see, but this could be a huge change um, in Arlington. Now finally, a separate point, um, I see if we're talking about the options without a cap, I see nothing to prevent the giant companies like BlackRock from funding hundreds of multiplexes a year by bidding up the prices of single family homes to where owners would sell and leave Arlington. In short, this study should be paused for more analysis and to reflect the once in a lifetime changes that Thank you for your comments. Next, we have Spencer Crutian. And that's the end of our virtual individual speakers. So all of the rest of our, not including organizations, virtual speakers. Spencer.
as a lifelong Virginian and as a renter who aspires to the American dream of one day owning my own single family home, I ask the Arlington County Board and this commission to reject plans for the so-called missing middle and preserve single family zoning for the future. Especially in a place like Arlington, where the massive federal government accounts for a huge percentage of the local economy, and where mega corporations like Amazon continue to locate, there is no magic solution to bringing prices down. But the increased density caused by uncontrolled growth and upzoning would in fact make the affordability problem worse. New units would not go to working class Arlingtonians, but to the already financially secure. Instead of allowing single-family neighborhoods to be filled with eight plexes on every lot in this, the nation's smallest county, and instead of giving developers free reign, the county should embrace the principles that have made Arlington an attractive place to live. Development that origin originates organically, environmental protection with parks and green spaces, and supporting people like me who want to get into single-family homes, not replacing those homes with haphazard rapid development. Molly McKay, if you're able to speak now, um, you have two minutes. Good evening. Thank you for adding me back to the queue. Um, my name is Molly McKay, and I am a real estate and economic development consultant, and also I've been an Arlington resident for nearly 16 years. Um, I have been engaged by uh, a number of people in our neighborhoods and um, through my professional affiliation with uh, ULI, the Urban Land Institute, uh, to ask me to review the missing middle housing policy and to provide some review of um, the policies, <clears throat> pardon me, the policies uh, gaps with regard to the uh, method methodological weaknesses and the need for further evaluation of the fiscal and economic impacts of the proposed housing policy. Um, I am a fiscal impact um, expert. I've completed more than 250 fiscal impact studies over the last 30 years in more than 25 states and uh, 20 countries abroad. In addition to that, I have served as a consultant to Arlington County. I was the lead economist on Arlington County's Clarendon sector plan. So I, I believe that I am qualified to um, provide my opinion um, on, on this proposed policy. Um, my greatest concern is that there were a number of items in the consultant scope of work that were not completed. And these... Um, these analyses are so important uh, to make sure that the policy is connected to best practices and that there are no unintended consequences. Uh, as it currently stands, I believe there's a need for more. Thank you for your comments. Stephanie Derrig is next, followed by Kathleen Otal and Michael J. Grace. Good evening. The Planning Commission needs to halt missing middle from moving forward, specifically based on your own responsibilities. 
High density missing middle housing, which is being mandated in single family neighborhoods, is in contradiction to the GLUP's stated goals of concentrating such development within metro station areas. If we need to change and adapt, do it correctly and adjust the GLUP, do not amend it. Two, you, the Planning Commission, are tasked as a representative resident body on planning and zoning use and changes. Virginia Zoning Code 15.2-2283 lists the responsibilities of the county board to amend the code. The county is not making decisions based on its own missing middle housing survey and public outreach, which was overwhelmingly negative. They have not provided adequate planning for areas of health, safety, and general welfare of the public under the code. It is your responsibility to assist and guide them into adhering to that. So if you do not, you are also derelict in your responsibilities. This process has been a travesty from the start. You will add to the distrust and divide of our community if you don't allow both sides to engage. Advise the county to stop. As far as I know, all of you have a backbone. Please use it. Next, we have Cap Kathleen Otall, followed by Michael J. Grace, Dan Creedon, and Dixie Duncan. Is it on? Okay. Hello, my name is Kathleen O'Tall, and I'm a single family homeowner in the Boulevard Manor neighborhood. I'm here to express my strong support for missing middle housing. When my husband and I were in our 20s, we rented in Arlington, but we had to move out to Ashburn to be able to afford a home. We saved for 10 years, commuting almost two hours every day to be able to purchase a single family home here. I want young people now to have better opportunities to own in Arlington. Missing middle housing will provide more of these opportunities. Increasing housing density is also good for the environment and for the economy. But the main reason for my support is the history of exclusionary zoning policy. Missing middle is a necessary first step in creating a more inclusive and equitable Arlington. The NAACP supports the missing middle housing plan. Too many people have been included for far too long. I strongly support an increase in zoning up to eight plex properties for land that supports them. This will provide the best option for young families, families of color, and our county as a whole. I understand the change is hard and uncomfortable, but this change is needed and positive. I look forward to welcoming more new neighbors, and I believe that Missing Middle will be the opposite of ruining my neighborhood. It will make it better and stronger. Thank you so much to all of you for all your work for Arlington. Next is Michael Grace. Sorry, could you press the button? Yes, there you go. Uh, yes, uh, my name is Michael Grice. I have resided in Arlington County since 1985. I own and live in a modest Rambler house in the Waycroft Woodlawn Civic Association. I've submitted written comments to your committee on the missing middle. I hope they will help you. But tonight, I just want to make some brief points. Uh, I would urge that we all consider our history our heritage and our future. What do we want Arlington County to be? Uh, even before moving here years ago, all the way from Illinois, I heard how special 
Arlington was. I heard that it was a safe, quiet, traditional place to raise a family, a place that valued balance, parks, open space, and public athletic facilities, not to mention other amenities. Uh, so I think we should bend over backward to retain that heritage, not rush to legislate changes that have a huge probability of jeopardizing where we've been. So like so many of the other speakers tonight, uh, I would urge that we refocus our energies and our efforts. Uh, let's try to identify less intrusive alternatives than missing middle that will achieve the same objectives, including increased equity. Thank you very much. Next, we have Dan Creedon, followed by Dixie Duncan. Is uh, Emma here? I'm the slide guy. Ah, thank you very much. <clears throat> Many residents feel the Planning and Zoning Committee has been mostly focused on new middle missing housing. But one area of housing that has been totally overlooked that area is the conversion of single-family homes into multiple-family units. Under missing middle, the economics of converting single-family homes into multiple units can be very attractive for investors, but with many unintended consequences for the neighborhoods involved. Here is a real-life example of such a conversion and the resulting consequences of what will happen if this is not properly planned for. What you have there is a total illegal conversion in a, in a single-family neighborhood that the neighbors repeatedly asked the county for help, but with no luck. Only when the property went on, hit the market on Zillow recently did the county react. You have a 7,300-square-foot lot going for $2.5 million, and especially with nine advertised for parking for nine cars. The front yard is mostly paved for three cars. The backyard's paved. You can see the upper aerial photo. Rental income is over 100 grand a year. So obviously the rent roll is great. And over 70% of the property is either paved or built over many complaints to the county on water runoff and a number of issues, no response until the, it hit the, hit the market. So, given the financial attractiveness of converting single families into multifamily, this is an area that can't be ignored or glossed over by the Commission. It raises big questions for the Planning Committee to address. It also raises big, uh, big question on the county's and the committee's commitment to proper enforcement. As planning professionals... Thank you for your comments. Thank you. Next, we have Dixie Duncan. Following Dixie Duncan, we have Bradley Harmon. Hi, can you hear me? Good. Um, so my fiance and I live in Colonial Village. Uh, we're both federal workers, just barely earning Arlington's median income combined but the crippling housing crisis is pushing us out of the community that we've loved for the last six years. 
Uh, allowing more types of housing will be the difference between people like me ever being able to afford a home here and Arlington becoming a place that only the richest people can live. Uh, it's the difference between preserving our diversity and continuing to push out people of color who often lose out competing for the limited number of homes here. Uh, finally, it's between a sustainable future and worsening the climate crisis by only allowing car-centric neighborhoods and endlessly sprawling new housing into greenfield development out in Loudoun County, uh, which also creates more traffic for Arlingtonians right here. Uh, we have an intense housing shortage, uh, and I'm urging all of you, please, recommend the most flexible version of Missing Middle. Don't make needed homes less affordable with artificial caps, parking minimums, or more exclusions. Uh, people like me are being driven out of this county, and um, it's, it's going to make this place so much less special than it's been for the entirety of the time I've been here and uh, for a lot of the time that uh, was before then. So thank you so much. After Bradley, we have Mary Glass followed by Patrick Gorsby. After Patrick, we'll have Joshua Handler and Mark Ellis, just so you know the, the order. Do I need to push this button? You don't have to push anything. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, first of all, I want to uh, thank the commission for all the serious work that you've done in trying to uh, come up with a, a good plan for uh, more diversity in housing in Arlington. I'm a strong supporter of that. Uh, I've lived here for many years and would welcome uh, more multiplex housing in my neighborhood, which happens to be single family, North Arlington, Donaldson Run. But as other people have said, there are serious problems with the research and the analysis that's been done. Uh, and uh, the chart that I've put in front here so the commissioners can see it uh, is a very recent study that's just been completed showing that the canopy is not the 20% that the county says it is now. Uh, and will not be able to be com uh, continued, the tree canopy is truly 31%. So we're starting from a much lower level, so it's a much bigger concern that we have to look at very seriously. Uh, in addition to that, uh, impervious surfaces are 41%. There's been no uh, survey of natural resources, and there are many minority uh, groups that are not being served. And one of the big problems with equity is that it treats all the areas the same, and it's not true equity. Neighborhoods with lower land costs and proximity to trans transportation are going to get more development. And underserved areas uh, start out already with fewer environmental resources, so they're going to be impacted more heavily. Um, there have been air quality problems identified by the American Lung Association already, and those are going to be increased stress. Um, and heat island studies and flooding also are well-known problems uh, that we need to address. So what do we need to do? Uh, we need to uh, meet the legislative intent that residential areas be provided with healthy surroundings, delay finalizing the ordinance, adjust for differences in different neighborhoods. Thank you. Thank you. Next we have Patrick Gross, followed by Joshua Handler and Mark Ellis. 
My name is Patrick Rosby, and I'm a resident in Arlington. I first moved here in 2018. I live in Boston in a mid-rise near the quarter, uh, walkable to the metro. I love my neighborhood. But outside my window, I live on the sixth floor of uh, this mid-rise facing out into the county. Uh, I watch daily as older, smaller, single-family homes are torn down and all the trees on the lot clear-cut for massive single-family homes, seven bedrooms, very large. All of these walkable to the Boston Metro. The status quo in Arlington is unsustainable. I am also newlywed. I got married in October. My wife and I, we love Arlington. We love the walking, we love the biking, we love the transit options. Um, they really make this place tick, uh, and we think it lacks in a lot of other places around our great nation. Sadly, every day we are weighing leaving Arlington. Um, we're deciding whether or not it can continue to be our home, uh, and we're not alone, uh, because there's no good, not many good options for a new family looking down to place long-term roots. Let's be real, the missing middle housing proposal is about new housing construction not uh, old housing. New housing is always more expensive, but new missing middle housing is less expensive than new single family housing. I'm asking the Planning Commission to please recommend by right development of eight unit apartments. Why stop there? This will enable my wife and I to plan a future in Arlington, a community that we love, and to get on the housing ladder. In brief, I support option 1B, option 2A, option 4B, option 6A, option 7B, option 8A. I do not support any of the options under option 5 because there should be no parking minimums as the nice uh, picture that was uh, pr presented earlier uh, by the opponent uh, recommended. Thank you for your comments. Thank you. Next we have Joshua Handler. Mike working okay this time around? Good evening, my name's Joshua Handler. I live in the Boulevard Manor neighborhood. I've lived there for over 10 years. I want to draw the commission's attention to county staff option 6A that has insufficient tree planning requirements. Staff's December 7 report incorrectly claims it would generally result in tree canopy coverage that is closer to parity with the CPPO requirement for one family development. However, option 6A recommendation of at least one shade tree be retained or planted per dwelling unit is not assured to generally achieve the existing 20% tree canopy coverage requirement. Staff's November 30 ZOCO presentation, which you saw, showed EHO types lower end projections were below 20%, ranging from 11 to 18%. Only the higher end projections were from 20 to 30% with no guarantee they would achieve those levels. County staff reassured the FNRC in May that a tree canopy coverage of 20 to 50% is achievable on EHO lots depending on the type of dwelling. County staff detailed in documents released under the FOIA, canopy coverages of 24 to 63% were achievable using a combination of large and small trees. Notably, the majority of EHO lots had a potential tree coverage of 30% or greater. I sent you the tables in an email earlier today. If option 6A is legal, the landscaping requirements formula should be increased to achieve at least 30% coverage where possible. For example, one and a half trees per unit or additional trees on top of the total of one per unit. Overall, the missing middle housing study is the housing 
policy equivalent of a bridge to nowhere. Many months of discussion have shown the study will not achieve its rhetorical goals of providing additional, more affordable housing, riding past wrongs, or more diversity in ownership of housing. Rather, it is likely to result in additional expensive housing and displace owners out of existing, less expensive housing. Moreover, the study seemingly neglected examining alternatives to Arlington's existing zoning code, such as redevelopment of the many older commercial properties along transit routes and corridors. We should try to re, uh, fix the past wrongs of the 2005 Thank you for your agreement. comments. Next is Mark Ellis. Mark Ellis is followed by Deborah Short and Bucky Green and William Lawson. Good evening. My name is Mark Ellis. My wife and I have lived in Arlington County for 34 years, first as renters and now as homeowners. I speak tonight in opposition to the so-called Missing Middle Initiative. This initiative is a disaster in the making and its negative unintended consequences are many. Significantly, once upzoning is adopted, legal property rights vest and cannot be undone. I request that you not recommend its consideration by the Arlington County Board. Here are several fundamental points to consider regarding this initiative. The initiative is the most significant zoning revision to be considered in Arlington County in over 50 years. There is no need and no reason to rush to judgment. Arlington County's current zoning requiring special exception permission for multiple unit housing should be the preferred alternative. Public input on the initiative was skewed because a, quote, no action, close quote, alternative was not presented as an option in staff surveys. Many Arlington County residents oppose the initiative because they favor current Arlington County zoning, which targets multiple unit housing in specific locations and corridors and preserves single family residences in the bulk of the county. Among other things, if adopted, the Missing Middle Initiative will increase population density, increase school crowding, increase demand for public services, increase traffic and reduce residential parking, reduce the number or size of existing parks in order to make room for more schools and public services, reduce non-existing non-park green space and tree canopy, expand impervious services to contribute to flooding, incentivize tearing down single-family residences phases of multiple unit housing, uh, and result in higher property taxes and increased housing costs. Thank you for your comments. Next, we have Deborah Short, followed by Bucky Green. I'm Deborah Short, Arlington resident for 35 years, first as a renter in apartments and townhouses, and for 30 years a resident of Glen Carlin. Thank you for this opportunity. Over two years ago, in September 2020, the final scope, charge, and timeline for the missing middle housing study was published with three goals. The first was to incentivize, incentivize the production of moderately priced ownership housing. The second, encourage production and preservation of family-sized, three-plus bedroom, moderately priced ownership units. The third, explore flexibility in housing types. The first two, which would help the missing middle secure home ownerships, like some of the speakers tonight hoped for, have been shunted aside. And so I ask what happened? Zoning regulations that could meet these two goals, alas, are not part of the discussion tonight. 
one might in fact conclude that these two goals have been dropped for their complete opposites as we watch more and more affordable older homes torn down and expensive McMansions put up. It seems only the third goal remains. Many tonight have spoken eloquently about the issues with the changes that are proposed. They've pointed out problems with housing, tree uh, canopies, community services, the lack of measurable objectives, impact studies, and data that will show this plan will work. The main winners of the current proposal are the developers and landlords. So I ask you, slow down, go back to the planning stage, do the impact studies, work with the community, remember those first two goals, and find ways to help our moderate income residents purchase homes. Plan a pilot with measurable objectives and evaluate it. Thank you. Next we have Bucky Green, followed by William Lawson, Dan Sullivan, and Brian Harner. Bucky Green. I'm not Bucky Green. <laughs> Next we have William Lawson. I'm William Lawson. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak. Uh, my purpose here is to point out some issues I've spotted with the uh, ordinance amendment. First of all, if you put residential units in a single family house, you're gonna end up with a rental situation, a home, a roommate situation and not ownership. To create a condominium is prohibitively expensive for a single family house. Uh, in order to accomplish your goals, I think you're gonna have to give serious consideration to lowering the coverage requirements. Uh, on the tree canopy provisions in the ordinance, uh, they may run afoul of the state code. I would uh, suggest getting a, an opinion of the attorney general or a declaratory judgment, because uh, this whole thing could get tossed because of that. On the uh, survey for street parking, for a parking reduction, uh, I think you gotta have standards. Um, what time of the day do you do the survey? What exactly is a street parking space? Um, on the non-conforming properties, uh, we did a survey quite a while ago and about half of single family houses in Arlington are now non-conforming. And if you're gonna make them come to code uh, with parking or other zoning provisions, uh, you're going to make a lot of uh, single family homes uh, ineligible for uh, these provisions. Thank you very much. Next we have Dan Sullivan followed by Brian Harner and George Straubs, who's followed by Lily, Lynn Lilly. I'll be brief since it's past my bedtime. Uh, I, I object to the Planning Commission making any recommendation at all with respect to this project. I say that because it is ultra virus. It is beyond the scope of your authority to do so. And I know that there are six people who have gone to law school at least, whether you're lawyers or not, I don't know, uh, on this committee. And I ask you to take a real close look at it. On July 6th in 2020, the Planning Commission uh, issued an equity statement um, saying that the racist use of land and law 
uh, use of law and policy has been one of the foundational causes of inequity in our nation. Arlington has not escaped these effects as land use law and policy areas that remain uh, require revision and amendment, and this includes careful consideration of the equity implications of any development or land use policy proposal. The problem is that the bylaws of the Planning Commission at the time said that the uh, Planning Commission's purpose was to promote the orderly development of Arlington County. It didn't say anything about equity or any other particular agenda. So in October of 2020, this, this committee, this commission, uh, amended its bylaws to say the commission's purpose is to promote the orderly and equitable development of Arlington County. Well, uh, that's great, but that's not what the Enabling Act in Virginia says. The Enabling Act is 15.2-2210, and it says every locality shall by resolution or ordinance create a local planning commission in order to promote the order orderly development of the locality. All right, so what happens when you insert equity? You've got an agenda. Equity is like the chancellor's foot. Equity can be whatever you decide you want it to be. Thank you for your comments. Ignore the facts. Next we have Brian Harner. Son, um, nice to see you all. Thanks for uh, sitting through the public testimony. I was a planning commissioner for eight years, um, and uh, nice to be here again. Um, you know, I've just been listening to the testimony tonight, and really reminds me of when I was on the commission and chairing. We never had turnout like this. We, we maybe had 10, 15 people at the most. And, um, you know, just listening to the community, it's a great community. This the testimony, you know, this is a divisive issue. And there's a lot, uh, a lot of intensity around this. And I'm listening to this community and I'm saying this is a, a great community. And, um, you know, I hear a lot of issues and concerns about the proposal and I share a lot of those, I, I really do. And I hear um, a lot of the proponents for the proposal. I'm an architect and planner and that's why I do what I do is to build a better future. I want a better future and I think we can do that. And I think there's a lot in missing middle that we can achieve and make a better community, achieve equity, achieve compatibility, save our neighborhoods and, and meet the needs. You know, when it really comes right down to it, uh, I'm an architect and I look at the details and, and uh, look at how to implement this thing and I don't see it. I don't see the ability to get what we need with the current proposal. I don't know where it went wrong. I had faith that it would get to the right place, but it, it really hasn't. So I really think the commission could do the community a huge service to please take some time and get this right and spend the time. And it's hard work. It's really hard. But I think the community deserves it. And listening to these folks tonight, this is a good community, and I think they really deserve it. Thanks so much. Next, we have George Straubs, followed by Lynn Lilly, Adam Theo, and David Phillips. Yeah, hi, I'm George Straubs. I've uh, lived in Arlington for over 30 years. I really love living here, and as we all do, and I, I really see some big challenges on missing middle, both the young guys that want a house and also for the existing guys that have single-family homes and moved here specifically for that reason. So I have to say I agree with the realtors. I think there is no housing shortage. 
There's plenty of houses, as has been stated, uh, within the required bounds of price. And also there are about over 5,000 apartments for rent. So I don't see that premise in the first place. Uh, the other comment was made here was an eco economical argument saying more supply will equal less price for houses. Uh, it might in a normal situation, but there are two big elephants in the room. That is, one is Washington DC is so close to South Arlington, where in fact we're becoming a bit of a hotel district where a lot of guys now are just doing Airbnb rentals, making a lot of money each year. People don't hardly live in the houses. So it's not affordable for anybody. No one really lives there apart from tourists who come in for that. And Amazon also, with their high paying wages, are gonna boost house prices. So I just don't see houses as being affordable. In addition, you've got problems of um, schools. Each new school would need typically 12 acres. I don't know where you're gonna find 12 acres for one new school, unless you're gonna go vertical at vast expense and complexity, and also I don't see how the road system is going to be able to handle all the extra uh, traffic. Um, in addition, I'm very concerned about the statement that we're at 235,000 population right now in Arlington, and the forecast is to be at 301,200 in 2045. Do we really want to have 150% increase, more increase than what we have now, and really become super dense and perhaps become the densest <coughs> A county in the U.S. Is that something to be proud of? Is that uh, somebody? Thank you for your comments. For Thank you. Next, we have Lynn Lilly. Followed by Adam Theo. <laughs> Is the button here the red one? Oh, this one here. Thank you. Uh, my name is Lynn Lilly, a resident of Arlington all my life, so you can imagine how many changes I have seen over my 80 years of living here. Um, I was, uh, I'm going to speak on um, the parking issues. I just completed a 35-year career in real estate, and I just want to say that what has been said about the amount of housing that we still have available um, I certainly agree with. So we do not have a housing shortage. Um, one thing, a lot of people have mentioned the parking issues, but one thing that there, have, there has not been a comment made is that most of the Arlington streets are too narrow. Statewide fire prevention codes require roads to be at least 20 feet wide to allow fire trucks to go where they need to go. With the addition of middle missing middle brings more cars that must be parked off our streets for obvious safety reasons. Because we have streets that will not accommodate more um, parking out in the street itself, we are going to have a big issue. Um, the parking um, of these additional cars will bring, that missing middle will bring, will cause existing parking problems that will continue to grow into the future. Thank you very much. Next, we have Adam Theo, followed by David Phillips and John Asink. Good evening. I'm Adam Theo, Vice President of the Boston Virginia Square Civic Association and co-founder of UMBs in Northern Virginia, although I'm not here in either of those official capacities. 
With such a critical shortage of housing in Arlington, especially relatively affordable housing options that are attainable to the middle class, it's imperative that we keep every option open and available for the county and its staff as they refine the missing middle housing proposal. Six and eight unit options would assuredly be among the most attainable options of newly constructed homes to anyone looking to buy. Also, with even the smallest lots can accommodate four unit stacked walk-up quadplexes. Restricting smaller lots to only duplexes or removing six or eight plexes from larger lots would not improve affordability enough to make a real difference to homeowners currently priced out of the market. Therefore, please recommend at least four units quadplexes to be developed by right on any lot anywhere in the county, and do not rule out six or eight unit options for the county as they move forward in finalizing the proposal. The by right countywide up to eight plexes is necessary for meeting the goals of missing middle housing proposal. Thank you. Next, we have David Phillips, followed by John Asink, Ramohan Seringen, Monica Beetson, and last, individual speaker, John Musso. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Um, I want to say, for a start, my name is David Phillips. Um, I've lived in um, Ashton Heights for the last 15 years um, in a single-family home. Um, I'm a development economist, got a doctorate. I've been working on projects, development projects, housing and so on, most of my career. Um, I've heard a lot of points made tonight. It's very difficult to um, organize it all. Um, so I'm just going to make a few of my own here, which I think are still important. Uh, I got to this, I got to the missing middle a bit late, late in the day. I didn't really know an awful lot about it until recently and I hadn't had time to get my, my mind around it. So what I'm about to say may be taking us back to basics a little bit. Um, there are a number of critical points. First of all, is the question of affordability. When uh, the um, when the idea of missing middle was originally um, uh, thought uh, thought through many many years ago, affordability clearly was on the agenda. There was the, an assumption that the missing middle uh, missing middle sector would make housing more affordable. However, in Arlington, it is not likely to do so. We know from the uh, research that the county has done that a minimum, uh, uh, minimum salary or minimum household income of $108,000 a year is needed even to buy the smallest one-bedroom apartment. This is, this is of no particular use to any family, whether it be a family who is um, a low-income family or a high-income family. It cannot really be expected to exist in one, one room. So really, affordability is no longer are really um, going to happen. Um, and there's an obvious reason for this. Um, Arlington is a very high price. Thank you for your comments. Next, we have John Asink, followed by Ramahan Sagarin, Monica Beetson, and John Musso. John Asink. Okay. Ramahan Sarangan. Uh, hi, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm speaking not only for myself, but for my neighbors too. We are against miss, missing middle 
upzoning, which has nothing to do really with increasing diversity or young buyers, first responders in neighborhoods now zoned single family. It's a real effort by the county to increase density and tax revenue. Developers love it. They can expect teardowns. They will tear down certain buildings, replace them with expensive high-rise rentals, lost street cover lots, more street parking, etc. Uh, but one small thing which somebody well ahead of me said, this is not an Arlington County problem. This is not even a Washington area-wide problem. This is a nationwide problem. And I beg the commissioners to really study the effects of this move. There, are, there have been similar moves in other parts of the country. Please study them, find out if they, in fact, actually increase diversity or increased, uh, you know, uh, young people. And, uh, you know, at the risk of being, I'm not being humorous, I'm being serious, $100,000 salary in this local area is not much. It doesn't, especially if you have a family, it's not much. 200 is okay, but even between 100 and 200, especially if you have two children who are either going to school or planning to go to college, it is simply not enough. So please study this carefully before you, you know, make a move. Thank you. Next, we have Monica Beetson, followed by John Musso, and then we'll transition back to our first organization speaker who's virtual. Good evening. My name is Monica Beeston, and I've been a resident of Arlington on and off since second grade. And I'm here to advocate for the tree canopy, and I would echo the concerns that have already been raised by so many other speakers. I think the information is very difficult to parse on this issue. I saw, surprisingly for me, that preserving trees was apparently one of the priorities in the missing middle in one of your slides. But my understanding is that actually the tree canopy standard requirement has been dropped by quite a lot. So that doesn't seem to really go together. Then somebody else said maybe there had been some revisions. So I think it's really paramount that accurate information be supplied to people when evaluating their support for this proposal. Along those lines, I would say that one thing that concerned me is there seems to be an interchanging of the words trees with plantings. Now, if you build a, some kind of a duplex, let's say, on a lot, and you have to tear down three mature trees, and then you replant it with one planting, which is maybe a shade sapling, that's really not an equivalent exchange. So I would urge you, please, to work carefully and closely with organizations like ATAG, which are very passionate about trees in Arlington and have a lot of information maybe on how best to preserve the canopy in anything like Missy Middle going forward. Thank you very much. Next, we have John Musso. Well, good evening, members of the Planning Commission. I'm here, um, first of all, I'm John Musso, the Government Affairs Manager of the Arlington Chamber of Commerce, who I'm speaking behalf, on behalf of, but also I'm a proud Arlington resident since uh, 2018. The Chamber believes that allowing for more density and for greater diversity of housing types is an incredibly important step forward for Arlington County. And the Glupin zoning ordinance amendments that uh, we are discussing here today will help Arlington be a place where people of all backgrounds can live 
and where workers at all income levels can uh, find homes near their place of employment. Um, in terms of the specific options that are uh, in discussion today in the draft um, amendment, the chamber uh, does oppose the proposed annual cap on missing middle housing units, uh, since we do in fact um, feel concerned that that kind of cap would be um, a hindrance in some ways to the type of development that we would need in order to increase the sort of density and the general housing goals that we all share for our county. So thank you very much for your time. And um, I guess uh, I do appreciate you all your patience for everyone who's here um, who has been um, in attendance. So thank you. So now we'll be transitioning to organization speakers. And we have Jim Schulman on behalf of the Alliance for Regional Cooperation. Hello. Can I be heard? We can hear you now. Good. Uh, good evening. My name is Jim Schulman. I happen to be on a train. I'm an architect and director of the Alliance for Regional Cooperation. ARC is not opposed to the greater provision of a variety of housing types, mixed use or mixed neighborhoods, the adoption of alternatives to auto-dominated land uses, nor housing equity policies actually serving those with great need. Nevertheless, ARC has strong concerns about zoning for missing middle housing as proposed. We consider it a quality quality of life confiscation that will deliver an unprecedented increase of property values and tax dollars, yet displace the very people it claims to protect, folks historically marginalized by government policies. Related land value increases will only increase gentrification. Missing middle housing will conflict with county efforts to combat climate change via an uptick in teardowns and long-term severe reductions in tree canopy. As the missing middle zoning is proposed, we anticipate in North Arlington the development of low-density, large-footprint luxury condos, and in South Arlington, blocky, high-rise, dense, higher-density rental plexes. Yet Arlington County government is missing opportunities to improve the affordability of housing by fostering partial equity housing cooperatives, establishing community housing land trusts, reforming property appraisal methodology so that it does not continue to discriminate against people of color, investigating the conversion of vacant luxury housing uh, and commercial property into affordable attainable housing, establishing a program of reparations via housing policy. ARC is concerned that missing middle, the missing middle proposal at hand is not only misguided planning, it is also unethical planning. It will harm the very people it claims to assist, worsen the environment it claims to protect, and make Arlington's communities significantly less sustainable. The people it will aid the most currently live outside of Arlington County. As always, we appreciate your willingness to hear and react to our concerns. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we'll switch to our in-person organization speakers, starting with John Ware, followed by Margie Bell and Michael Bruce.
Hi, my name is John Ware. I'm a resident and consumer protection lawyer. I've been asked to speak on behalf of Arlingtonians for our sustainable future, a group formed in 2019 after the county's poor planning exacerbated the terrible floods we had that year, leading to costly millions of dollars to fix. ASF consists of a wide range of professionals. 800 people have joined its growing mailing list for its thoughtful analysis. ASF's core ask is for the county to look before it leaps, to project long-term budget, equity, and environmental impacts of development. That is missing here. Today, ASF submitted to you 60 pages of fact-based analysis with citations to show what is missing with Missing Middle and why it will harm and not help our community goals of affordability, diversity, and inclusion. Even if you think the rezoning released just 42 days ago is a great idea, I am challenging you to proceed with a critical eye and open mind as Mr. Harner implored you to do so. Ask, what problem are we solving? What are we missing? What is the rush? I'll highlight just two areas. First, next slide. This is the biggest land use change in 50 years. It is densification all over Arlington to the same level as Roslyn, south of Clarendon Boulevard. Yet the county is missing a top-down approach in not first changing the comprehensive plan or involving critical commissions. The staff report begins with an alarmist cry of a housing shortage, yet missing is that just weeks ago, the county said we have been meeting and even exceeding our housing production targets and will continue to do so. Next slide. It's telling that in 2019, the county said its missing middle goals were affordable homeownership and to produce and preserve three-bedroom, moderately-priced ownership units. Since the zoning text came out on Halloween, those goals are now missing in county presentations. Why? Next slide. Pages 11 to 21 of ASF's paper explains, FOIA revealed that the county projects the new MM building types will be over 90% one to two bedroom units, causing a net loss in moderately priced three bedroom housing. Also missing is ownership, the main path to reducing the racial wealth gap. Census data tells us why. Detached homes are about 90% owner occupied, while missing middle, missing middle types are about 80% rentals. Missing middle prices will also be much higher than averages for same size units now. Even the county concedes its plan is unlikely to lower prices. Critically, FOIA revealed we're missing any analysis behind the consultant's claimed pace of development, as ASF page 13 explains. That is the entire financial foundation of what the county has given you, a house of cards. Next slide. On diversity, pages 35 to 37 detailed the diversity harms. Rezoned areas are about 70% white. What's missing? The fact that Arlingtonians who can afford the new missing middle two and three bedroom units are 72% white. Arlington already has missing middle zoning in Green Valley and other areas. It has had a gentrifying effect as black homeowners sell and new multiplexes are bought by a less diverse group. Why aren't we drawing any conclusions from this? Next slide. The county is missing analysis or any process to monitor displacement. The county's responses to FOIA requests are telling in what's there, but more so what is not. No analysis in so many key issues, parking, transportation, environment impact, carbon impact, water systems, sanitary system, process to undo. In conclusion, facts matter. Even where good intentions are good and a policy may sound good on its face, never has this been more true than with Missing Middle. There's no need to rush, follow the facts. Let there be no shame in doing your duty and telling the county to go back to the drawing board and do its homework. Thank you. Thank you.
Next, we have Margie Bell on behalf of Arlingtonians for Upzoning Transparency. Thank you. Um, is this the future of missing middle housing in single family neighborhoods? And you just saw a picture of this. An investor buys a modest colonial single family house on Utah Street in the $800,000 range, divides it into three tiny apartments, paves the property, and then flips it to another investor for $2.5 million. Who benefits? The county tax collectors on the inflated value? Wealthy investors? The county would not even consider buying the Feedbury Lothrop property and working with affordable housing entities to create actual affordable housing. The emperor has no clothes. This missing middle upends the general land use plan goal to preserve and enhance single family and apartment neighborhoods. So what problem is missing middle solving? Officials say we are not providing enough new housing to meet demand, yet according to Arlington's own housing director, the county is now exceeding its housing goals without missing middle. We've been told that we need missing middle to bring down housing prices, yet builders and realtors say missing middle is demolishing existing affordable homes and replacing them with more expensive homes. From the beginning, missing middle housing has been, a fra been framed as a study with only one aim, to adopt this flawed framework. Proponents shifted the goal so that we are no longer certain what missing middle is trying to accomplish. The reality, this plan won't create more home ownership for those other than the very wealthy. It won't create affordable housing and it won't create the needed three bedroom units. What will the plan do? Raise housing prices and property taxes, produce housing that is 80% rental units and 90% of those only one to two bedrooms, incentivize investors to build luxury rentals, further destroy our tree canopy, add heat islands, pollution, and traffic. It will incentivize overbuilding and densification. It will gentrify our most diverse, unique, and affordable neighborhoods, displace low and moderate income renters, seniors, and persons with disabilities. It will destroy the glove promise to keep single-family neighborhoods. It will create more issues for schools, electric capacity, fire safety, and others that have not been studied. The missing middle housing plan just won't work. Keep diversity of neighborhood types that have served Arlington so well. Stop the rush to vote. Engage in more research, transparency, and true public engagement. And you've heard from many, many people who've gone into even more detail and please listen. Thank you. Next, we have Michael Bruce, followed by Bill Richardson. Michael Bruce is on behalf of the Waycraft Woodlawn, Waycraft Woodlawn Civic Association. Appreciate your time here. So, uh, in discussions with my civic association, we said the missing. We heard that the missing middle study was to rep, was to be a plan to engage with the community on wider housing choices. Um, 
At the start of the process, there was a focus on affordable housing, looking for service workers, attainable housing for teachers, firefighters, and police officers. But somehow grassroots level community engagement stopped as county staff refused to engage with concerned civic associations. On several occasions, starting in January, uh, December of 2001 through June of 2002, uh, my civic association requested to meet with county staff and we were refused. How could we have input to, to policies and studies that were being done? Um, from our point of view, we see the published information from community conversations, online surveys, and pop-up events does not appear to mirror the staff report, as many sentiments expressed by Arlington voters don't really seem to be included. But then what's the real need? There's a real need for family housing in Arlington. This appears to be the gap in the plan. Buildings with four or more units, especially six and eight plexes, will not provide family housing. The current, in, in my particular area, there are current site plans for Virginia Square through Boston. They're slated to provide over a thousand one-bedroom, junior one-bedroom and studio apartments and condos. There's more than enough of this type of housing coming online for singles and couples. What we really need is small starter houses that we've heard many people, proponents of missing middle, express there's a need. Those are not gonna be produced. Um, I myself and uh, through community organizations where we served underprivileged Arlingtonians during the pandemic, saw them have to move out as their properties were redeveloped and site plans uh, forced them to leave. Um, those are the folks, those were the service workers that we want to stay in Arlington. Current, you know, there needs to be more, a more holistic approach to what's going on. Uh, and again, if you look at what's in the staff report, attachment J, most of the units are, are gonna be 700 square feet or less. Th these do not house families, which is where there's a true need um, and you're gonna lo lose uh, uh, that major component that's part of Arlington. So uh, lots of other things have been said. I urge the Planning Commission to listen to people's comments here uh, and allow for true engagement and true discussion that really hasn't been able to take place at this point. Thank you. Next, we have Bill Richardson with the Donaldson Run Civic Association, followed by Alice Hogan. Uh, thank you. I would like to focus uh, on one particular concern uh, about the proposal before you. Can you hear me now? Okay. Uh, I'd like to focus on one particular concern about the proposal you have before you, and, and that is its failure to address lot coverage. You've heard a little bit about this from Ms. Alexander and uh, Mr. Handler, uh, but I want to give a little bit of the background and, and context for this. Um, and Donaldson Run Civic Association wrote the board six months ago about the need to address this issue first. So did the Forestry and Natural Resources Commission. That way, we can ensure that any missing middle proposal will accomplish what staff said in April is the goal here. Quote, set a maximum square footage for housing types to encourage smaller, lower cost options. This isn't a new issue. 
staff recognized it uh, back in the 2014 stormwater management plan eight years ago. For years before the missing middle proposal, Donaldson Run also spoke to each of the current board members and to the late Eric Gutschall about the need to reduce the 2005 lot coverage limits for single family homes. Eric recognized that we made a mistake back then that needed to be addressed. And most current board members now recognize that need. This past spring, a majority of them directed the planning division to study this question. Yet at the same time, they have insisted on plowing ahead with a proposal to expand to multifamily homes these McMansionization opportunities for developer teardowns. Single-family homes, the phase one report says, are getting so big that we should allow multifamily homes to get in on the action too. I think you heard a little bit of that flavor tonight. I hope you will recognize the public policy insanity of turning this McMansion vice into a virtue rather than fixing it, whether it's a single-family home or a duplex. Every week, we see more destruction of the mature tree canopy Arlington used to be well known for, more stormwater runoff, and more nuisances that serve as an insult to nearby neighbors. You've heard from a number of commenters tonight that you should recommend slowing down, taking a further look at things, and I think that includes some of the former members of this commission. Um, that you should go back, you should recommend that the board go back to the drawing board. Consistent with this, please recommend that the board honor its commitment to revisit lot coverage before missing metal and before it is too late. Thank you. Next, we have Alice Hogan with the Alliance for Housing Solutions, and it looks like you're joining us online. I am. Good evening. Um, thank you for sitting through hours of comments. Um, I appreciate your public service. Um, I wanted to say thank you to staff from many divisions, um, as well as commissioners on several uh, commissions who have been studying this, researching this, can making con you know considering all these options for upwards of three years. Um, this evening's task seems to be for you all to decide about the breadth of the RTA that will go to the to the county board, you know, between tonight and Thursday evening's uh, discussion. AHS did send comments um, online as well, discussing the particular options of the of the draft as it is. So I won't go over those, um, but I do ask you to take a look at what we submitted. Um, this housing effort is, is uh, this initiative is an effort to look at our housing supply problems, which contrary to what many folks had mentioned this evening is a serious problem and a growing problem because Arlington is growing in population and we do not have enough housing. We do not have enough housing for the types of households that are anticipated to come here and for those who are here for the needs that they have smaller households that are not large families, seniors who are looking to downsize, etc. We also know that this initiative looks to address historic segregation in our community, which is, um, you know, a black eye on us. And in today and in these weeks and months to come, we have an opportunity to put an end to exclusionary zoning. And I and I look forward to the day that Arlington does that. 
Um, it's also an effort to address our disappearing entry-level uh, home ownership opportunities. So the McMansions that are coming and others are taking away anything that a young professional or young family might be able to purchase. And we don't have a way to keep our, um, our professional population in Arlington and they're leaving rapidly. That is not good for Arlington um, on many levels, including economically. Um, and finally, we have a climate crisis, and what can Arlington do to be a part of that solution? So more efficient use of our land and encouraging development near our land centers rather than further out, um, which is a problem for sprawl and for carbon emissions, we can do our part in Arlington to, um, to limit those items. And so on, on a general basis, AHS would request that the that the Planning Commission look this evening at, at um, supporting the broadest of the RTA uh, considerations that, that you are comfortable with, because we need the County Board to take a continued look at these issues, um, where if we expect very few, six or eight plexes, why would we limit them? If we know we need housing and they would be on the appropriately sized lot, then that's something important to consider, not to limit. Um, the idea of capping a housing initiative when we spent three years developing it seems counterintuitive. We need tens of thousands of units over the coming decades. We know how uh, missing middle will not solve that problem, but it's a sector of our range of housing that we can address, and it's budget neutral to Arlington. It's not affordable by subsidization, but it is affordable by design. Smaller is more affordable compared to our missing middle, uh, compared to our single family um, McMansions that are being built in the two and $3 million range. And so if we don't have an issue, why would we cap a program that is looking to solve some of our problems? Um, with regard to parking, we feel that parking and trees and housing are all in uh, competition for the same lot. And so the less parking we have means more trees and more housing. And so we encourage you to limit parking wherever possible. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next, we have Katie Winger on behalf of Voice, followed by Wells Harrell, Dean Fleming, Susan Land, and then Dean Amel as our final speaker. Hello. Um, thank you for being here tonight. I know it's a very long night. Um, my name is Katie Wenger. Um, I moved to Arlington about a year ago after graduating from college. I live in Virginia Square and I absolutely love where I live because I can either walk or metro everywhere I need to go. Uh, one of those places is my church, St. George's Episcopal, where I started getting involved with VOICE, um, which stands for Virginians Organized for Interfaith Community Engagement. And tonight I'm speaking for VOICE. We frequently hear from residents all over the county that they are challenged with housing. I've gotten the chance to attend meetings with Spanish-speaking residents of Arlington and hear their stories. Uh, the majority of those I speak, spoke with have lived in Arlington for many years and have kids who attend the schools here, but they struggle to pay rent. And they feel hopeless that they will never be able to afford to buy a home here, even though they contribute to our economy and to the diversity and rich culture that we all value. So many people that Voice has talked to who work in Arlington, like assistant teachers, school bus drivers, and workers in small businesses, can't afford to live here. They have long commutes to work 
and often leave when they can find a job closer to home. Those who stay in Arlington spend way too much of their income on rent, locking families into poverty. Arlington has a significant housing shortage. The shortage of entry-level homes means that people stay in their rentals longer, which drives up rents. Those hardest hit are households with lower incomes. Missing middle housing is not low-cost housing, but across the county, it would increase the housing supply and ease the upward pressure on rents, while giving a wider range of people a shot at home ownership. Boyce is asking the county to end the single-family-only zoning restriction that exists on three-quarters of our residential land. We support the full missing middle zoning proposal without obstructions and without caps. We want the inclusion of six and eight plexes because they will be available to the widest range of incomes. The missing middle proposal has strong support among renters, young people, people of color, those who work in Arlington, and even many single family homeowners. Arlington's vision to be diverse and inclusive resonates with us, and we are excited about Arlington's future as a denser, economically and environmentally sustainable county where there is equity in land use and people from all races and incomes can thrive. Thank you. Next, we have Wells Harrell with the NAACP, followed by Dean Fleming. Mr. Chair, members of the Planning Commission, my name is Wells Harrell. I've been uh, a single detached homeowner in Arlington for the last eight years. Uh, I'm also a member of the Arlington branch NAACP's Housing Committee, and I'm proud to speak on the branch's behalf tonight. I want to start by thanking the staff first. They have put in tremendous work into all phases of the missing middle housing study. But I want to thank them in particular tonight for their focus on the general land use plan amendment. That amendment does a number of things that are important. It acknowledges the racist and exclusionary history of land use policies in Arlington. It also connects that heritage with what we see today, with so many of our residential neighborhoods, including my own, being over 70% non-Hispanic white. Many neighborhoods are even 75, 80, 85% white as well. And they recognize by the land use plan amendment that we're not going to see structural change. We're not going to get away from that legacy unless we make big changes to our laws. And so it is in that spirit that I also want to thank the planning commissioners for the engagement that they have had at the ZOCO and LRPC meetings over the past few weeks to discuss the proposal. They appreciate the scope of the problem, the benefits that allowing missing middle homes and more neighborhoods can bring, and they're also mindful of the pitfalls of overregulation and too much restriction on the ability to accomplish the two twin core goals of the missing middle housing study, which is to increase housing supply and increase housing diversity, thereby expanding housing opportunity. And so the NAACP tonight wants to see four things, four options, improving flexibility as part of the final advertised uh, GLUP and ordinance amendments. One. Eight plexes. We favor option 1B by allowing up to eight plexes on missing middle developed lots. Because we know, contrary to what you have heard tonight, that the eight plexes, the homes in those uh, developments, are going to be the most attainable to the most number of households. Thousands upon thousands more black and brown households in Arlington can afford a one or two bedroom home in an eight plex 
that can afford a single family detached home, certainly more so than can afford a new detached home. The next thing we want to see is no restriction based on lot size. In other words, no tiering. That's why we favor option 2A. In that spirit, we're already going to be limited by the size of the lots themselves. There are only so many units based on lot geometry that you can fit in. Also, homes have to conform to the same standards, the same envelope as a single detached house. So in that spirit, we don't need to go further. The third thing that we want to see is uh, flexibility on parking. It is more important to create homes for people than to make space for cars. So many of our streets have so much street parking capacity already, and those that don't can have capacity freed up through county residential permit parking programs. The fourth thing is no caps. Why would we frustrate the very proposal that is so important by imposing a cap, thereby encouraging more teardown to McMansion conversions and also denying more people a chance to live here? And that's the core message tonight. This is all about who gets to live in our community. And so I agree, the Planning Commission has a backbone. A great way to use it would not only be to make sure these options are in, but also that contrary options are out. To recommend to the county board to show leadership by deciding the better proposal, the more flexible proposal, and its core features before the final vote. In fact, it's part of the request to advertise. Because people are not a threat, we need to welcome new neighbors and make Arlington the truly inclusive place that we want it to be. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have Dean Fleming with the Washington Lee Alumni Association, followed by Susan Land. We still on? Good. Good evening. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see this picture or not. Probably not. It's a missing middle infill in Ballard, Washington, next to a single family home. So if you guys can see this, do me a favor. Raise your hand if you would want to own that single family home. You got to work with me a little bit here. You're going to want this to happen right next door to you. Only one hand went up. You guys can't see this. You guys can't see this either, probably. But it's a single family home next to. You want to buy the single family home and own it, not, yes. not move into the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys are good. There's only one problem. You've been sold a bill of goods, people. The reality is here is we've done duplexes in Northern Virginia. We've done them in Arlington. We have a blighted per your own county documents. We have a blighted area in South Arlington. It's all duplexes off Carlin Springs and Columbia Pike. You all know where I'm talking about. There are other blighted areas that could be raised in a nice development of townhouses with, with amenities could be built to provide affordable housing. Infilling next to somebody else's house is not the right way to do it. When you, these people will tell you, they want, to, they want to electric car one day. When they pull up on the street to try to plug an electric car in, there's not going to be an outlet there. They won't be able to plug in. That's mentioned nowhere in any of the documents. And it's coming. The grid, the grid can't handle it. The house power can't handle it. Distribution can't handle it. So if you're going to move forward with that, you're going to crush the ability to use electric vehicles. Um, you, you kind of need to look before you leap in this regard. And I'm going to mention one of the boondoggles in Arlington. It's the popsicle stick traffic management cones that we all know about. What a disaster. Everybody knows that they are. 
somebody should not just pump the brakes, but, but mash the brakes. That's what needs to happen with this proposal right now. We need to mash the brakes, put it on hold indefinitely until the proper studies can be done, not the proper studies, until the studies period can be done, because from what I'm hearing, they weren't. Um, then you have to ask the people what they want. Arlington's got a history of asking people what they want, and the people say, this is what we want, and the county does what they want, in large, in large numbers. Um, I think at some point you've got to listen to what the county wants. Right now the county has said they want Metro to go up Columbia Pike. That would add affordable housing. That would add density with high rises. And do the same thing you did in Boston, in Clarendon, in Roslyn. Um, that'd be easy to do. Um, the problem is when we, when we look at doing these things, the big developers in North Arlington don't want to do that in South Arlington. So they, they don't want to push that. So it's been put on the back burner. Um, people spoke to, the, to the, the half spot per unit. That just doesn't make sense. We all know that. Um, I spoke to the electric vehicles. Quite frankly, this just smacks of a profit scheme for developers and a tax boondoggle for the county because all it's going to do is raise tax revenue to make up for the $54 million shortfall. You know, if Arlington had a quarter billion dollar surplus, you run a $250 million surplus, would we be doing this? This is being driven by tax revenue to pay for things like you know, the Cadillac School on Wilson Boulevard that was designed by, it looks like, I.M. Pay. Um, so we wasted a lot of money over the years, but we do live in a great community. Um, I think you need to postpone this indefinitely until you've got all the studies done. Thank you for your comments. Next, we have Susan Land with the Arlington Tree Action Group. And our last speaker will be Dina Mel with the Sierra Club. Slides. Yes. Hello. My name is Susan Land, and I'm speaking on behalf of ATAG, the Arlington Tree Action Group. ATAG has reviewed the proposed zoning changes in Section 10.4 of the Code and would like to share three concerns with this commission. Concern number one. The 20% tree canopy requirement for one family development is still at risk. The county's October 31st memo to the Planning Commission states, quote, the CBPO requirement for 20% tree canopy for one family development would continue to apply because the current R district regulations in Article 5 would not change. This statement needs to be reviewed by a land use attorney to ensure it is legally correct and cannot be challenged in the future. The Virginia statute clearly states that tree requirements are based on the density the zoning allows for, not whether the particular construction is being built under Article 5 or Article 10. Next slide. Concern number two. The one tree per unit policy described in option 6A still results in fewer trees in almost all cases than the current 20% minimum for single family detached. ATAG has performed 20 sample tree canopy calculations using this proposed option, varying lot sizes from 5,000 square feet to 10,000 square feet, varying the buildings from duplexes to eightplexes, 
ATEG could only find one instance where this proposed policy results in a 20% tree canopy, and that was the condition of an eightplex on an R5. In addition, 10 of the 20 instances resulted in a 10% or less tree canopy. Concern number three, next slide. The one tree per unit policy is not based on available lot space. Since every extended housing option construction will be the same size, have the same lot coverage, and the same setbacks, whether it is an eightplex or a duplex, we suggest that the county require the planting of eight shade trees on all extended housing option properties. If the county can require eight trees, no matter, if the county can require eight trees for an eightplex, there seems to be no reason they cannot require eight trees, no matter how many units are in the building. ATAG hopes this planning commission will take these concerns seriously and take time to rework this proposal before moving forward with it. Thank you. Our final speaker tonight is Dean Amell with the Sierra Club. Good evening, my name is Dean Amell. I've been an Arlington resident since 1984. I'm speaking tonight on behalf of the Sierra Club's Potomac River Group, which supports the missing middle draft framework. You should have the letter we, we submitted that addresses the various options set forth in the phase three staff report. So I'll focus on other things tonight. Arlington's missing middle proposal is completely in line with the National Sierra Club's policy on infill development. Adding housing to existing low density development is an antidote to suburban sprawl. It results in far more compact and energy efficient housing located closer to jobs, transit, goods, and services. It results in sharply reduced greenhouse gas emissions from both buildings and transportation when compared to housing developed in the outer suburbs or to the enormous single family homes typically erected in place of smaller homes in Arlington. Now, one environmental issue on which there's been a great deal of disinformation is the likely effect of the proposal on tree canopy. Many have stated that residential properties in Arlington are required to have 10 or 15 or 20% tree canopy coverage. When people assert this, I always wanna ask, when was the last time an Arlington County employee came to your property to measure its tree canopy coverage? The answer is, no one has ever done that because these percentages refer to projections 20 years in the future that need never be met. While an occupancy permit requires that small trees be planted with the potential to create tree canopy in the future, as soon as the permit is issued for either a single family or multifamily dwelling, protection for trees disappears. This makes the actual tree canopy requirement for most residences in Arlington about 1% until they get an occupancy permit and then it drops to zero for the remaining life of that property. Unless their lot contains part of an RPA or they've reached some other special agreement with the county, any Arlington homeowner can wake up tomorrow and cut down every tree and shrub on their property with no legal consequences. Fortunately, most Arlington residents appreciate the many environmental, health, aesthetic and economic benefits of canopy trees. And as a result, the actual tree canopy coverage in residential Arling areas of Arlington is about 43% through the voluntary actions of landowners. There's some evidence this percentage has dropped a bit in recent years as modest houses are raised and their lots cleared to make room for McMansions. 
and this trend likely will continue with or without approval of the missing middle. To counter this, Arlington should continue and enhance its efforts to encourage landowners to plant and care for more canopy trees. But anyone who says that the 10% or 20% figures are relevant to the discussion is either ignorant of the law or is deliberately trying to mis mislead people. So to conclude, we urge the Planning Commission to consider the significant climate and environmental benefits missing middle housing will bring and to recommend a strong and effective policy to the county board. And let me also say my wife served on the Planning Commission for 10 years and is likely suffering PTSD watching this meeting tonight. So I want to thank you all for your work, your unpaid volunteer work you do for the county. Thank you and good night. Madam Clerk, I believe that that wraps up our public comment portion. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I, I just um, want to say a, a heartfelt and, and genuine thank you uh, to the many dozens, many dozens of um, uh, people who have come here tonight to share your experiences and your concerns and recommendations and objections and other comments. Um, uh, thank you also to the staff whose efforts were essential uh, to this presentation and public comment uh, period being so successful. And thank you to my colleagues, of course, for um, being here uh, for the last three and a half hours. Um, the commission will reconvene on Thursday. Uh, at 7 p.m. Um, I look forward to seeing nearly all of you then. Uh, the commission is in recess.